Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. The Carolina Panthers have the longest odds to win the 2024-2025 Super Bowl. Are you surprised? Matt Corral is still playing football. Deshaun Foster is a head coach of UCLA. And our very own homegrown North Carolinian Julius Peppers is a first ballot Hall of Famer. We've got that plus the latest free agent pending news potentially trades that could be available we're going to be working the front office tonight guys you're listening to the longest running panthers podcast that's the c3 panthers podcast we may not be football experts but we are football expert football fans and each tuesday night at 9 p.m we rock and chop up the latest panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective i do it with my homeboy my wheel man cody lack tony don listen man no matter what time of year it is there's no other, nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than sitting here with my boys talking Panther football. We have a big show tonight. We're going to preview some of the biggest free agent names on the Panthers roster, some of the bigger wide receiver free agent names. We're going to talk about did Ice Spice and Taylor Swift use satanic witchcraft to sway the results of the Super Bowl? Tony Dunn, we're going to do it all here tonight with the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube. You know him. I love him. It's our boy, Panther Pickle. What's up? Our guy, Drew, MLB824, Muscles Marinara Paisan. What's up, brother? Panther Gal 73 Roosevelt Mongo, Tim Estes, and your bastard son, White Chocolate Espresso. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The number's 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. We're on all the major podcast outlets on Facebook, Twitter, X, where whatever you call it. We'd love for you to share the podcast. It's the off-season, CK, and things may, may be quiet on the social, I guess in the socials the social universe, but they're never going to be quiet on Tuesday night on YouTube on the C3 Panthers podcast. How you doing? The voice that makes them moist. Uh, man, I'm doing, uh, doing very good. Uh, right now, my main thing is just being healthy. And that also means being able to take a step away uh, for a week and just enjoy life for a little bit, not having to worry about the Panthers or football or what have you. Uh, and uh, I'm just here to, you know, have a good time with you fellows, man. I've enjoyed, uh, uh, you know, being a part of this and I continue to, will uh, will continue to be, uh, so nobody be worried about that. I'm not going to have an exodus like Greg at this point. <laughs> so, um, sabbatical. Man, just, yes. Yeah. Sabbatical. Just a one week little, uh, vacation. I was heading down to Myrtle beach doing some golfing. So oh, um, nice. I'd be back with you guys. Did you not even have to bring the family with you? 
No, it was a uh, time away, man. It was uh, oh, it was mental yeah. health CK. Lucky dog, yeah, dude. Man. Got to step away. Got to, you know. And I, listen, if you're married, I, I make this a statement to everybody. Um, even if it's just four or five days, getting away. Not to say you need to escape your family, but it makes you appreciate your family a lot more. Um, so if you don't get an opportunity to do that. Um, I know it causes stress on your significant other, but you'll come back with a deeper appreciation for your family. So, well, that's all we're going to give the listeners is for three or four days off from us because we're here on Tuesday nights. We're here on Friday free for all. And yeah, whenever there's news breaking, we're here for that as well. And on top of that, uh, we've got a lot of, you know, this is the business. This is the time of season that's busy for bad teams, and the Carolina Panthers were bad. So free agency is going to mean a lot to the Carolina Panthers. The draft is going to mean a lot to the Carolina Panthers, and Panther fans are going to want to know all the information around that scenario or surrounding those topics, and we're going to have it for you. So you guys stick with us in the offseason. We're locking arms. The C3 Army is live or is strong, guys. Man, these guys are rocking and rolling in the spaces, Pickle, D's, uh, JJ, Anthony, C3 Anthony. So, man, we're, we're so glad to have you guys with us. Cody, tonight's show is uh, the Panthers' biggest offseason priorities. You know, we'll be talking in a little while about Mike K's article on the Charlotte Observer. We encourage you to subscribe to those outlets like the Charlotte Observer as well as the Athletic in the offseason. These guys need to get paid. Hey, and look, cool thing about the Charlotte Observer is that if you subscribe during the season and then you call up and you say, I think I want to cancel, they'll take your subscription and knock it down to three bucks. That's what they did for me. And then so like, that's what I do. I'm going to do every season. So go out there, help these guys. Cody, the Panthers biggest offseason priorities. The priorities are not winning the Super Bowl. It does not seem like it because the Carolina Panthers have the longest odds, but we just got uh, to watch the Kansas City Chiefs win their third Super Bowl. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's the Chiefs world, and we just live in it. That is the truth. Um, Scott Fowler reminded us one day ago, uh, yesterday, or I guess this would have been Sunday, I'm struck yeah. by three facts. Christian McCaffrey was once a Panthers running back. Steve Wilts was once a Panthers head coach. And Harrison Butker was once a Panthers kicker. Dude, Harrison Butker hurts my feelings every That's, time I see him. That every one makes time. me the maddest on the whole list. Is that weird? Yeah, no, dude. If people remember, and I know you do, Tony, because oh, you were on the same page. It was uh, He was very highly touted out of Georgia Tech. We got him in. And it was between Harrison Butker and Graham Gano. And we chose to go with the old foot. We went with Graham Gano. Harrison Butker goes to the Chiefs. And now, you know, he's probably just the best kicker in the league. Him and Justin Tucker, you know, no big deal. What is one man's trash is another man's treasure. Turns out the Panthers were the trash. The Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> were the treasure. Harrison Butker, <laughs> we may be sad that he left. He is happy that he is gone. Graham Gano did have a good season or two for the Panthers following that, uh, but they were a little hesitant. They were nervous to go with the rookie kicker. Harrison Butker with a big leg has uh, dealt with some injuries throughout his time. Like he's kind of been nicked up the last couple of years but available when needed and automatic, it seems, 
when necessary. Um, so Christian McCaffrey looked good in that Super Bowl game as well. I wonder, did he, he had, man, what did he have over 150 yards total in that game? Uh, touchdown, uh, Super Bowl. How do you, what'd you think about it? Dude, I, I mean, I I love the Super Bowl this year. At first, it started out as that defensive matchup that we were kind of all expecting. I mean, the Chiefs did not get to the game based off of their offense this year. That was a defensive-led football team. They were running the football effectively, which is something that they didn't do earlier in the year. And the fact that uh, they have won three Super Bowls where they have been down by 10 points at some time during the game – Dude, that's just a testament to how good that team is. And, and Tony, I said uh, uh, earlier in the in the year, you know, when you have guys like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, these guys have been there before, man. They know how to win when the pressure is at the highest. Uh, you know, right now we're living in the middle of that Chiefs dynasty, man. And I don't know if uh, – you know, if they're going to be able to go for three, apparently they're all coming back for three next year. Uh, but uh, before I move on, I'll say that the 49ers, again, called a very terrible game, in my opinion. I felt like there were parts in that third half or in the second half where they should have leaned on McCaffrey uh, and running the football far more than they did. But Shanahan, again, kind of felt comfortable putting the game in Brock Purdy's hands who credit to Brock had a pretty good game. Yeah. As yeah. far as I'm concerned. Um, I saw one person uh, tweet out that uh, Kyle Shanahan is committed to showing that Brock Purdy is not a game manager. I <laughs> uh, just <laughs> yeah. making him the, you know, the centerpiece, but it wasn't look, is that it, they're both teams. You said, this is the chiefs defense is, was that what kept them in that game? Right. Yeah. I mean, and every moment where the the 49ers really felt like they could step on the throat of the Chiefs. Uh, is it Chris Jones? Yes. Um, you know, is that he just wrecked havoc. It was just like right He's when you need destroyer. he made the giant play. Uh, their defense was good all season. But while you, they weren't an offensive team, and that is the not the typical put up 40, get you know, whatever they're going to do. They still got Patrick Mahomes, who is he's unshakable. He is, uh, and really, they won that game like they win every freaking big game. They just get the ball last, and they go down and score. You know, if you're, yeah. if it's a, if it's a ten point game, and there are, uh, you know, more than three minutes in that game, you, you're not, you're not ahead enough. Uh, no, how do you ever feel comfortable being down like that with Patrick Mahomes on the other side? It's just. Yeah, it's unreal, man. Uh, I, I did think the, and I don't know if it was because of last lots of week. Turnovers we, too, lots of turnovers in that game. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was. Is that a lot of people had uh, butterfingers? You know, what I mean, a lot of fumbles and things like that. CMC uh, fumbled. Yeah, and uh, there was a Chiefs, the Pacheco fumble. There's other, a couple of other ones throughout the game. Um, what was it? Oh. I don't know if it was because of our discussion last week about how, you know, we were talking about Brock Purdy and I don't know, somehow we got on, we became Brock Purdy defenders last week. Um, yeah. Cause I was like, dude, to me, that's a, remember I made my comparison between yeah, and him you, and, you took and a lot Bryce of shit. and I said that that's a good comparison. I still maintain that it is. I, I think is this is the, when we, what that discussion last week, when I got all into it was, 
that it just felt like there's so uh, too much slander on Brock Purdy, given the fact of how well he has played in a as a rookie and throughout, right? And so, uh, I don't look. Is Brock Purdy is not the reason they won that they lost that game? You know, no, not Man, at all. He didn't. He didn't let them uh, march down the field and tie it up. He didn't let them score a touchdown in in overtime. But, um, you know, is that defense? I mean, look, is this was a good matchup? I thought Brock Purdy played yeah. admirably in this game, and uh, they go to overtime. Uh, you know, oh, what'd you think about Kelsey and the push busting up on a- Andy Reid? Dude, I kind of felt that it was honestly a little blown out of proportion. Like, dude, it's in the middle of the of the game. He's a baller. He wants the ball. I get it. And, you know, and it's your coach. Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. But whatever, man. Like, these two dudes, all of these dudes have won championships together. They've made millions of dollars together. I'm positive they have a rapport with, with one another. Uh you know that that is goes a little bit beyond football at this point. So I don't know, man. I, to me, I didn't make that much of a of a big deal out of it. Did you see Jason Kelsey just obliterated after the game, wearing like a Mexican res, uh, Mexican wrestling mask, just stumbling everywhere? He was so drunk. He has just been partying since he retired. Uh, Travis Kelty didn't have a lot of uh, yards in the beginning of that, or really any impact in the first half. I was able to hit my four prize picks. I won a hundred bucks on prize picks. Use the promo code C three. Um, whenever you, even throughout the off season, if they continue to see people sign up with the C three code, um, despite us not advertising and, you know, we'll drop some and we'll drop those that name a little bit or that code a little bit throughout the season. Then we can bring them back as a sponsor next year. And it was a fun time this year hanging out doing that. Then the game goes to overtime. And I guess um, right away, here is this is it seemed that the rules of overtime confused every single person in the world which I was a little surprised by because didn't we have big rule changes it in just overtime changed. just two years? Like this is, we all we talked about where the problems with the overtime rules, because what Josh Allen didn't get. Yeah. So chance. this goes back to when the Kansas city chiefs, uh, it was, they, they, it's in the playoffs. They go to, uh, overtime. Was Cincy or was it Buffalo? No, it was Buffalo because, uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills, they pushed it to overtime, and then they didn't get a chance uh, to touch the ball. Patrick Mahomes got scored the ball. The they went right downfield. They scored a touchdown. So they end up changing the overtime rules. Well, one of the dumbest things to come out of this Super Bowl, and people are blaming this on Kyle Shanahan for the just the lack of preparedness, we'll say, that the San Francisco 49ers team they weren't even aware of the overtime rules. They were still under the idea that you get one possession and if you score, you win. You juxtapose that with Andy Reid, who apparently they were going over different scenarios for overtime. Uh, they knew the overtime rules, how it was set up, and they had even prepared for it. So I don't know. I don't know why the overtime rules themselves are being blown out of proportion, 
but I think it's definitely fair at this point to blame Shanahan. I mean, if yeah. your team is not prepared for the way the game is being played under the current rules, that's your fault as the head coach. Well, the and other a veteran too, head coach. The other part to add to that is the rule, for instance, the idea of marching down and only having one possession, kicking a field goal and actually winning the game, that's been a rule that's been gone for I would say almost 10 years, if not longer, right? The sudden death aspect of it only applied to the touchdown rule. Um, and so that's been that, even with that excuse, that's what happened uh, on on Sunday isn't abnormal. Like even if the new rules hadn't changed, they still would have lost with every the, the same rules that we've had for the past decade. So... It, there's that excuse is is interesting to me and and i think it's more of an indictment on Kyle Shanahan as a coach at this point in time that that is that confusing but if and let's be real well, about it i don't it. think he was confused about it i think there were a couple of players that uh, that came out and thought that if they would have scored a touchdown the game would have been over right, right? and like they, they weren't aware that the other team is going to get a shot at it um, the other thing is, is really, and what the real conversation throughout the week is, did the San Francisco 49ers make a mistake in overtime by taking the ball first? And no, I, I think they ahead. made a mistake by letting that by stopping uh, running the ball when they got towards the end zone. They just yeah. decided to throw the ball like three times instead of trying to let CMC, who had just had massive runs in that same drive, actually push that uh, push them closer yeah. and try to get a touchdown. I don't think that they should have gone for the field goal. They, they, the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't be stopped there against their defense for that last couple of drives. Right. I, I mean, yeah, it's like going been... forward on fourth and nine. But also, the Tony Romo, Cody, pointed out that when you defer uh, in overtime, what you get then is you kind of get a, a lay of the land of what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right, better. And you also get to treat every set of downs as four down territory because you know you're going to have to either get down there and kick a field goal to tie it. You know you're going to have to get down there, score a touchdown to tie it. And there's never the idea. Imagine if you get the ball first and you, they stop you, you punt. Right. Like you, you don't ever have the punting is never an option if the other team scores, right? So a lot of people right. have made a, a lot of problems or concern had concerns about Kyle Shanahan deferring this. Now, there is another side to this, and what I heard Jonathan Jones, uh, former Charlotte Observer reporter, now with CBS, he said, "There's look, there's no consensus across the league. While everybody has condemned Kyle Shanahan uh, over the analytics of this, Kyle Shanahan's idea was this, is that if they're able to tie it up, uh, that you get the ball first it, when it goes to sudden death. But I thought our good friend Ricky Rains in the podcast of the uh, Kitty Lip podcast, he brought this up. If if the San Francisco 49ers go down there, score a touchdown on that first drive, and the Chiefs go down there and, uh, and score a touchdown, they get the option to go for two if they wanted to. And so, like, that third possession likely could never come. I don't know if you'd have the guts to do that, uh, but the, the 49ers didn't have the guts to go for it on fourth and nine or for, no fourth and four, I think on the nine or something. It was down there towards the end. So look is the, um, 
it's just this is man. Th- I told you guys I wasn't going to pick against damn Patrick Mahomes again. I may look shame on uh, fool me once, shame on me. A fool man can't get fooled again, as George Bush says, yeah. right? And look, I picked against. I said, man, Buffalo at home, Buffalo, Buffalo's hot towards the end of the season. It's going to be the t- finally the year that they can over get over the Chiefs mountain. Didn't happen. Then they go to Baltimore. Best team in the league throughout the season. Yeah. Can't be. I said, I am not picking against him. Patrick Mahomes with the ball in his hand with an opportunity to win at the end of any game is money. He's one of the best ever. I mean, they're already having conversations about him as an all time sports figure, even like outside of football, comparing him next to Michael Jordan and just the 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 all time greats of of athletics. When you look at how much is one how early he's won. It's just and how long he can continue to win. Um, yeah. The, that and the other piece to this is one of the things I've always been critical of and, and I've been questioning is he's always had Tyree kill. He's always had Travis Kelsey. He's always had, you know, every year that he's won, it seems like there's something that's just not working well for their team and they still find a way. Um, and, and what I mean by that is for instance, uh, he didn't have a great offensive line early on in his career, right? He had one of the worst. He was getting sacked a tremendous amount. He ended up losing a Super Bowl because of that bad offensive line. Um, and then the past two Super Bowls he's won, he's won without Tyreek Hill. This year, he's won with a uh, a group of wide receivers that are largely considered one of the worst in the NFL behind the Panthers, probably, um, just based on how the regular season had gone. Uh, the only thing that he's been able to maintain consistently is Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and himself and himself. It's him. And it's it's him. gotta be. It's There's- not. I mean, it's Andy Reid and it's him, and more so than Kelsey. I don't want to hear about all these weapons. And this is where I got look is with all of those weapons against uh, that the San Francisco 49ers had. That Chiefs defense gave them problems. Look, the San Francisco 49ers defense played well in that beginning of that game. Right, they were giving the Chiefs a lot of fits. But Patrick Mahomes, that's the key right there. And this is where everybody goes, oh, look at San Francisco. You put Bryce Young on San Francisco. They're going to be in the Super Bowl. You put this and that. Really, this is why all teams want the generational talent at quarterback is because when, look. They can look take over. Yeah. It's not yeah, it's not hyperbole when they say that they can take over the game and put it on their shoulders and carry their team to victory. And by the way, let's be real. I think Cam Newton has been nothing but vindicated in his takes about quarterbacks and what is and isn't a game changer slash game manager quarterback. I, I think that's the truth, and that's not taking a shot at Brock Purdy. Exactly. But you just, but you just, you just said it like like on that on those uh, final drives for the Chiefs, they were letting Pat run the ball. They were literally putting the ball in the hand of Patrick Mahomes in the hand of the guy that you pay all they that were money. So worried about getting beat, getting beat. And yeah. there was openness. I think too is I think the problem with all of the game manager, this and that game changer talk. And I, I think we ran into this with the Bryce young discussion. And that's why so many uh, fans have been kind of down on Bryce young as a, as a draft pick is I think we too loosely throw around the terms generational talent. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, these these ideas like when we say something's revolutionary, like revolutionizing the game, this and that we use those terms too loosely. And there, and I think that's largely what Cam is really talking about 
when it comes to game changer is you think a lot of these guys, yeah, these guys are all NFL players. They're all good, but there's only a few that are the. Yeah. And also like being real, a lot of it has to do with physical traits. So Tony, you're talking about pumping the brakes on generational talent. Well, it's important to remember that before we get into this draft, because they're going to throw that around about Caleb Williams. They're already doing it. They're going to do it about Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver coming out. Drake May is 6'4", 230 with a cannon for an arm. Like You're, you're going to hear this now. And uh, the, the narrative would have been that this quarterback class had more of those types of players that have those game-changing types of traits and talents. Yeah, uh, it's, I guess the difference between game those talented, elite talented players and generational talents or game changers is when talent meets success. Yeah. You know, is that everybody in the league is talented. There's people that are super, super talented. It's clear that they're super talented. But then there are people that their success is their talent is married to success. You know, and that's right. when the generational talents come because I mean, look at Tom Brady, not the elite traits. You know, what I mean, it's not like anything, yeah. but like here, he is a game changer. He is a generational talent because his greatness, his talent, dovetailed with success. So, uh, we had some super Absolutely. chats. Anthony mentioned that he got one. Yep. Anthony, get, give him his uh, his kudos yes, here. Sir. Uh, Anthony with the one ninety nine says Mahomes is on the best start of a six-year career. So this is in all of the league longer. Can you believe I know. Yeah, it does feel like that, yeah. Uh, But uh, for all time, I mean, we're talking about not just football, but basketball, baseball. The dude's doing some incredible things, man. He's on a crazy pace. Yeah. And how about this, man? Our boys, the brand ambassador, these ill skills, uh, member for 13 months as the longest running Panthers podcast, C3 in the building. And then Panther Pickle with 17 months says, let's kick ass and keep pounding. Appreciate y'all boys. All right, let's jump into or past the Super Bowl. Um, you know, yeah, well, the rest is just sort of news that are kind of. Uh, this is unsurprising. Kind of right. Where Panthers- we are relative to it. Yeah, Panthers have the worst odds to reach the Super Bowl. Not surprising. I think $1,000 would pay out $250,000. I think this is – I always have liked when when we had Cam Newton and all those guys, and you heard – you saw Luke Cam, the 4th and 1 podcast, man. He's really pushing hard these days. Yeah. Uh, Went to Super Bowl. Like, I think this was a good move for Cam uh, to go on uh, Radio Row and do all of that and use – now he's leveraging – his football relationships to uh, build his podcast brand and it's working. Um, I used to always put like anytime now they're about to legalize sports gambling in North Carolina, March 11th. So I won't have to uh, either illegally bet this bet or what I would always do is if somebody was going to Vegas, I would give them 10 bucks and ask them to buy me a ticket, you know, to win the Super Bowl. Imagine being Imagine putting a thousand dollars on the Panthers. You got to have some loot to put it that. <laughs> that is, I mean, it's one thing to throw around. It's a not afraid to bill. blow a thousand dollars because I mean, while that's a high odds. Oh, I mean, you ain't. That's just thousand dollars down the drain, man. Right now, I, just 
I would be all right with maybe throwing a hundred down one and just be able to get to 25 grand uh, to win off of that. Like that would be worthy of maybe a little bit. Of, <laughs> maybe uh, what we should do but, is create a Panthers pool uh, where we all throw in a dollar. Um, Ooh, that all the C3 super fans throw in a dollar. We throw in a dollar each when they legalize sports gambling every year. And then we just split it evenly with all the people. It's like, you know, when people group by tickets, like, uh, like lottery tickets and yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's up? What else? Oh, this is uh Deshaun Foster. Is that what we got next? Or oh, no, uh, no. before we do better. that. Yeah. We have to talk about Julius Peppers being the first ever Panther. Or the, the first player that was drafted a Panther to end up in the Hall of Fame, man. Shout out to Julius Peppers, repping it big time for Charlotte, for North Carolina and South Carolina. Uh, General, what y'all think about Pep making the Hall of Fame? First ballot, too. Deserved. I mean, Deserved, yeah, exactly. I think it's a no-brainer, to be honest. You know, I mean, what, fourth on all-time in sacks, uh, long career, um, multiple AP... Uh, what what is it ap pro Bowl, what is it? ap all team a- all AP pro yeah multiple i mean all pro bowl almost every year uh found success on three different teams with the carolina panthers with the chicago bears and uh with the green bay packers did julius was julius on the green bay team that won the super bowl mm, no no he's not a no. he's never won a super bowl okay. never won a super bowl uh, we talked about, I, I guess you guys talked about this. First is Julius Peppers is my favorite football player of all time. Um, there, I think the Carolina Panthers put out a video when he was like on the day that they were going to make the announcement that he was going to make the Pro Bowl and put like a little clips from his career. And it was like a basically kind of like a TikTok or a short or something like that. It was a very, you know, minute and a half video or something. And they didn't put up my favorite play in his entire career where he had a hundred yard interception return. That was not for a touchdown. Can you believe that a hundred yard return where he didn't get a touchdown, caught it in the end zone, got all the way down to the one or whatever. It's, I think the second that's tied. There's one other player that's done it. That has not had a touchdown. That's had a hundred yard return. Julius Peppers did this in Denver when they're at mile high stadium. And I mean, you could see by yard 95, this dude was huffing. He was, I mean, this is a big man moving fast. And then I think, I don't know, somebody, you know, some cornerback or somebody ran him down eventually. But my favorite part of this play is he goes and sits on the sidelines. I mean, right immediately or sits on the bench and he takes that oxygen mask and he sucks that oxygen. I thought the oxygen tank was going to crumple like a beer can. (laughs) (laughs) you just get suck all the oxygen out of it at once luke keekley talked about julius peppers with um i think it was with cam newton or no it was on k good morning football yeah and he talked about how his favorite thing about julius peppers when he got to play with him is that uh iconic black visor they had and when he gets a sack that big Cheshire cat grin that he gets with that big toothy smile. And he says, just awesome. Feels good. Uh, Julius Peppers is the reason Cody like can't Julius mm-hmm. Peppers 
is my is to me what Cam he is to you. Is. Yeah, he is to you what Cam Newton is to me. He, he made me an NFL he, fan. Yeah, he made me player. a Panther fan. Yeah, and um and ultimately look, look at this. Now we're doing this podcast down the road, uh, or years down the road. He lived. He went to uh played high school in Bailey, North Carolina, which is about thirty minutes. Uh. Beside uh, outside of my town, I know a guy that played against him. The guy that I played that played against him, my boy Flat, holds the punt return record for that. I don't know for the county or the state or something like this. And he played against Pep when Pep was a freshman, and he was like, "Dude, this man was a monster, right?" <laughs> like, I mean, you already knew from a freshman in high school, this guy yeah. was no joke. By the time he was playing ball, he had a man body. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. won a – he was made it to the Final Four. Um, he's made it to a Super Bowl, and he's made it to uh, the Hall of Fame. I saw somebody, and it was in the free-for-all chat. I guess you guys were talking about Pep on the free-for-all maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody left a comment on the YouTube channel, and I had to respond to it because I had to go you know, and defend, cape up for my boy. He said, problem with Pep was he took plays off. Yeah, and there was hear, this, you always hear this narrative about Pep and him yeah. taking plays off. Um, there's a couple of things. There's I think there's some reasons that narrative exists, right? First is the Carolina Panthers offered him like a record breaking contract and he declined it and went to Chicago. Like he just wanted to get out of Carolina. He wanted to get out of North Carolina, I think. And he also saw kind of the decline of the Carolina Panthers on the the writing was on the wall in some cases, because just two years later, I think, you know, the whole team's falling apart or whatever, maybe a little bit. So I think there's some bitterness from Panther fans. Like he, like he turned us down for the prom. Like that's, I think one part of the narrative. The other part, I think that comes about when you see, and and I don't want to say to someone, you don't know ball. I hate that line. <laughs> right. But is that when you watch these plays, I think sometimes you forget, or that maybe we don't forget. It's not forget. Maybe we fail to recognize the nuances of the game where like every down, each down is not an individual down. It's a down in a larger battle, right? So like what you do is when you're going against a good offensive tackle, you're setting them up for two or three plays later at times, right? You know, you have to save a little gas and a little energy at times for more important moments, I think. And I've heard that this is some of the criticism for Miles Garrett is that he almost goes too hard in the first half and then and, has and, and runs out of gas in the second half. Kind of blows his wad. Yeah. And I think this is my, my last thing is this is uh it's hard to believe that a guy who's fourth in all time sex took a lot of plays off. Well, but it's also like, at what point are they just toying with you? It's like a, it's like an alligator playing with their food. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a minute, you know, to let you kind of think that you're hanging with me. Then I'm just gonna shit yeah, all it's over a chess you. Match. It's like here. It's like I'm doing this so I can set this up later in the game. I mean, maybe is that if I just, I feel like it's like one of those things where you talk about if you pull out uh, that old Cam Newton highlight from the Super Bowl and him not jumping on the football, 
and you're like, this guy didn't have care enough. He didn't put his body on the line enough. And if you just watch, like, you know that that's the antithesis of Cam Newton. He always put his body yeah. on the line. I mean, it's like he's the he's the one quarterback that would chase down people and tackle them, um, you know, after an interception. Tony, I know that you said before we started the show that as long as you don't argue, we should be done uh, with this pretty quickly. Uh, Steve Smith should have been the first one from the Carolina Panthers to get into the Hall of Fame. I don't care. Yeah. Get Crazy. back at me. Steve Smith should have been the one. If you're a Panthers fan, you've got to look at it from the perspective of Steve Smith stayed here until he was forced out. He was forced out. Steve Smith gave his blood, sweat, and tears, regardless of whether we are a good team or a bad team. He stayed here through quarterbacks, through every change you could pop, through changes of coaches, everything you could ask for. Uh, if you're a Panthers fan, Steve Smith is the true Hall of Famer that should have been in first before uh, Pep was. Pep deserves it, but Steve Smith should have been in there before him. Well, I think it's I think that is a argument for many people to say that he's the greatest Panther of all time, right? Is Steve Smith, right? Because Julius Pepper's greatness was not um only in Carolina. A lot of his success came after Carolina. So I think that's a fair argument to say Julius that Steve's I think that Julius Peppers is a better over like had a better overall career than Steve Smith. And it's hard to compare them of different position groups, right? But I right. mean, I think like if you just put them in the rankings of those people or and throughout, I mean, I think he is a no-brainer. Steve Smith was a bubble guy, but I think they both should have gone in. And and my argument for this is is Andre Johnson went in this year. And Andre Johnson and Steve Smith have almost identical stat lines when yeah. you look at them. And Steve Smith has one thing that none of those guys have, and that's a triple crown, right? So I, I – but the problem is, is they only let guys – The video that Steve put out recently of him running routes. Oh, I know. He could feel like we could have used them on the team. He could be the number one wide receiver on the Panthers right now, dude. He has elite get off even still. It's insane. Um, Yeah, and so – and the problem with uh, Steve Smith – for him that's going to be going down is that they only bring in so many people from one position group a year. Right. So it wasn't only that Steve Smith's career. It's not that he, it was just like, they're going to let certain guys in and we don't have, but so many seats for right wide receivers this year. I wanted to bring this up. See if I can find the whole list. Dang. Uh, speaking of, um, Hall of Fame. A lot of people we want to talk about should Cam Newton be in the Hall of Fame, right? And uh, Panther fans think that he he should be. Um, some people think he's a bubble guy. I think that Cam Newton, if he had... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The second run on his career, if he just had like one little bit more run where he made some playoffs i think it would have been more eligible but this think of this this is wild is i i have a belief that cam newton is the greatest 
short yardage threat in the history of football. Regardless of position. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I think if you're, he's like the greatest goal line threat ever. But how you know, about him this? and Marshawn Lynch, maybe Derrick Henry, but he's, he's for sure. It's like uh, the bus, the bus is one. Uh, listen to this. Cam Newton has more rushing touchdowns than Clinton Portis, Earl Campbell, Ezekiel Elliott, LaShawn McCoy, Steven Jackson, Maurice Jones, Drew, Eddie George, Todd Gurley, Fred Taylor, Ricky Williams, Steven Davis, OJ Simpson, Herschel Walker. <laughs> right? I mean, good God. He had 75 rushing touchdowns, Cam Newton. Fucking amazing. Just go, me and my buddy, we were, we were, uh, reminiscing over this past weekend. It was like been out partying and, uh, he was like, let's just watch Cam Newton highlights. And we watched this like 22 minute YouTube video of just Cam reaching over. He could score in any way. He could run it. He could jump over you. He could run around you. It was awesome. And but and like also when you see him in person, you feel like, oh, that's a defensive end. Like that's not a quarterback. That's yeah. a fucking that's a monster right there. Uh and that yeah, that is Cam Newton. It's not uh, a surprise you, why Cam Newton thinks that he's a different breed of human right. than a Brock he Purdy. He's than a, a Brock Purdy and then a, he's a laboratory creation. Yeah, he he's he's like a creative character in that. Can I ask you, I mean, and we can move on from this uh, after this, but... No, we can't. Is, uh, White Chocolate brought up a good point. Is Luke going to be a first ballot? I so, have a hard time thinking this. Oh, I think he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, hmm. I, but, dude, the list is... The list is wild. I had a list that I used on the free-for-all. Uh, let me see if I can bring it back up. Because the, the list... There's some names on there, man. Eli Manning, Marshawn Lynch, mm. um, Terrell Suggs, Adam Vinatieri. Like they've they've got some names, man. What do you mean? Oh, you mean up next year? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that are going to be up for. Uh... Okay, here's some. They're the, they're they're eligible for the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, they're this would be their first ballot. Uh, all of these guys, Luke would be included. Um, but so that also Eli, means yes. Eli Manning, Luke Kickley, Adam Vinatieri, Terrell Suggs, Marshall Yonder, Marshawn Lynch, Earl Thomas, Joe Staley, Demarius Thomas, Akeem Talib, fuck off, Vernon Davis, Darren Sproles, Cameron Wake, and there's another player on here that. This oh man, like, Steve Smith. This it could be Steve Smith could get in there. Earl Thomas is getting in. Marshawn's getting in. Terrell Suggs is getting. But in. we're going on this on the free for all. How many contemporary players and how many old school players? They they always at least get a couple, two or three of the old school. Yeah. Um They don't usually do. Uh, like they're not going to have multiple first round, uh, first ballot Hall of Famers typically. Um, you might see one, you might get lucky to see two, but I, I don't think that we're seeing, I, I think, I think this might be the year you got the most possible. And I just don't think Luke makes the cut. Adam, uh, I mean, is there any to. way that, is there any way that Steve Smith and Luke Kickley make it into the hall of fame no. in the same year? I hate to say it, but it's just not, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, was Patrick I think, Willis did, was he, he was one of the guys that got in this year, yeah. right? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But he he wasn't a first ballot either. 
He he'd been retired. He retired. Didn't he retire before Luke by like a few years? Yeah, I think he's been retired a little bit longer than Luke was. Yeah, I'm almost certain. Let me see here. If he got in, let's compare him to Luke real quick. No, there's no comparison. Like I think that Luke is a better. I mean that that's an argument. I guess somebody. What just stick, have, statistically but, is what yeah. I'm saying is, uh, look. I mean, I guess if if anything, the only knock against not knock is they're just going to say was the career long enough that's what that's what it is i think even with it's not what they did and i think that um he was an incredible player luke keekley so i do think he deserves to get in the question just is is his career going to be was it going to be long enough to put up the overall stats that people want to see that's the argument you have to have. You have to you have to discuss whether or not uh, the Luke may be a better player than Willis was. Well, there's right? stat. Look, there's stat. Oh, here we'll just look at their uh, stats real quick. Um, the they played Luke played in 118 games. Uh, Patrick Willis played 112. So if if he can get in, if Patrick Willis can get in with 112, uh, then Luke should be able to get in. Uh, Luke had 18 interceptions. Patrick Willis had eight. Um, let's see. Sacks. Willis had 20 sacks. Keekley had 12. Um, Kevin said six-time first-team All-Pro versus a two-time second-team All-Pro. Seven-time Pro Bowl. These statistics, uh, AP Defensive Rookie of the Year, Luke's getting in. If Patrick Willis can get in, Luke's get, Luke gets in. That's what I said. You better, Luke. man. Dude, I'll be pissed. Yeah, but you also got to keep in mind the. Uh, I, I think I think Pep. Yeah, it's a popularity uh, contest, and we got to keep in mind Pep went to the Green Bay Packers and the Bears, so he had a little bit of a leg up. Um, I mean, I would be interested for you to compare uh, the was Andre Johnson was the wide receiver that got in this year. Yeah, him him to Steve Smith, and then we can make this uh, discussion of whether or not they're going to look at stats or, or they're looking at yeah, let's do it. Cause I think, cause I've been on that. Hold on is let's, um, you guys talk real quick. I'll pull it up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think we're, I think we're just unfortunately uh, a franchise that isn't going to draw a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, applause from uh, the football world because we're so new. Uh, and even when we were good, uh, it wasn't like we were a fan base that was to be reckoned with. Right. But so. I, I do believe, though, that most people would tell you that the play of Luke Kingsley defined inside linebacker play for this past decade. Yeah. I mean, literally, him and Bobby Wagner are the names that are going to come to mind. But how many people and how many linebackers in this game today will tell you that they based and modeled their game off of what Luke Kingsley was so special at doing? And yeah. they did, and you know, trying to be like him as a linebacker. I think that's enough to overcome our uh, perceived lack of, you know, prestige as a franchise. All right, here are the numbers uh, the for Steve Smith to Andre Johnson. Games, 193 games for Andre Johnson, 219 for Steve Smith. Uh, a couple, so two more seasons for Steve Smith. Uh, receptions. Andre Johnson had 1,062. Uh, Steve Smith had 1,031. Receiving yards. Steve Smith as uh, Andre Johnson had 1,400, uh, 14,185. 
Steve Smith had 14,731. So more um, more yards per reception, 14.3 versus Andre Johnson's 13.4. Receiving touchdowns. He's got 11 more receiving touchdowns than Andre Johnson. Uh, he's got uh, more rushing attempts. He's got 387 rushing yards versus Andre Johnson's 54. Uh, and he also played as a punt returner, a kick returner. When it comes to Pro Bowls, Andre Johnson had seven. Steve Smith had five. Andre Johnson will have four All-Pros. Steve Smith had three. But Steve Smith also had the Triple Crown. So I don't want to knock on Andre Johnson. I just think, hey, if those stats get you into the Hall, then I think Steve Smith has comparable stats to Andre Johnson with the added cherry of the Triple Crown. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that if... uh... If Steve Smith were another, uh, I mean, he's got the benefit of being on the Ravens, I guess you could look at it from that, but um, he wasn't really a game wrecker on the Ravens when he went there. He ended up tearing, you know, uh, tearing his Achilles or whatnot. So um, I really think that uh, he's been, unfortunately, because he's so synonymous with the Carolina Panthers and he continues to be synonymous with the Carolina Panthers, I think he's going to be. Uh, have a he'll, he'll probably be in next year if I, I you know I'm starting to kind of question that I think he might be in next year all right um also talking about Panther legends uh or to me a legend and uh, that is a guy that I've actually had the chance to interview that's Deshaun Foster if you're having a bad day and you want to pick me up if you feel the world's against you go watch Deshaun Foster power past the entire Philadelphia Eagles team and the uh, 2004 NFC championship game, 2003, 2004 season, uh, Deshaun Foster, uh, really, um, of a, a good running back for the Carolina Panthers had some fumbling issues at times. It felt like at least that was the stigma surrounding him, but two iconic memories for me in that one postseason, you have that run, against the Philadelphia Eagles. There's so many standouts. That was such a great um, postseason. You got Steve Smith with the overtime touchdown, uh, the walk-off touchdown against the Rams. Then you've got uh, Deshaun Foster with this crazy run against the Eagles. Deshaun Foster with one of the most epic touchdown runs in in the Super Bowl history where he stretches out. I mean, when he jumps into the end zone, like, and just flies in, like, just this great, the pictures of it are phenomenal. Moose had the longest touchdown in Super Bowl history. You had uh, our very own Dan Morgan with the most tackles in Super Bowl history or in a Super Bowl game. So Deshaun Foster, who had just taken a job last week with the Las Vegas Raiders as their running back coach, was announced as uh, there, as the UCLA head coach. And I want to see, did I send it to you guys in the chat? Oh, watch this. I hope this doesn't get us in trouble. Shouldn't. This is, oh, well, ESPN TikTok get us? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. And it's just the UCLA players reacting to the, uh, I don't know. I have to see it. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna do it. Um, watch this. This is the players who are reacting, uh, to the announcement of Deshaun Foster. We want somebody that wants to be a Bruin. 
Well, we didn't get somebody that wants to be a Bruin. We got a Bruin. Come on out, folks. Your new head coach. Look at them players. They hype. Look at that. They are hype. Uh, congratulations, uh, congratulations, Deshaun Foster, uh, for your new coaching hire at UCLA. Hopefully, he can get them to promise. He played uh, played there, coached there for the last like eight years. Um, only had one year off in there. Uh, great football player for the Carolina Panthers. And this is fun. This is a fun time for Carolina Panther fans now. Think about this: is Pep getting into the Hall of Fame? We are. We have a history now. Our team, like what you guys, yeah. what the fear that CK was talking about is like, oh, I fear Luke Keekley's not again because he's a Panther. Fear Steve Smith, not you know, like this. Those days are soon going to be behind us. We're we've we're starting to have a history. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's not even starting to. We do have a history. You know, yeah. it's not it's not the longest one, but the Panthers do have a history. When you factor in Julius Peppers, Steve Smith, Sam Mills. Jake DeLone. Now you talk about this last team that went to the Super Bowl. And again, Tony, I know you kind of followed it too. During the Super Bowl week, Cam Newton, he's set up live at his own podcast doing his thing. He had Luke Kingsley come by and hang out with him. Greg Olson. It's been like a like a reunion uh, down there in Las Vegas, man, getting the boys back together. That was something that was really fun to watch. Uh, dude, I think the Panthers, not only do we have a good history, but we have a history that Panther fans should be proud of, man. This well, is our history. Yeah, and you're starting to get players that are associated with their team. Here's what Panther Gal 73 asked. She said, has anybody else from the team gotten in and to the Hall? And there have been people who have played for the Carolina Panthers that have made the Hall of Fame, but none. Yeah. But Julius Peppers was the first one that was drafted by the Panthers. So you got guys like Kevin Green. You guys, you got guys like uh, Sam Mills, Peanut Tillman. Did he make the hall? No, he hasn't been retired. Uh, mm. There's somebody else that I'm. Oh, Jared Allen, who played one year with us. That is, you know. So you had these guys that were that had moments in Carolina, right? But they weren't Panthers. And some people, and if if Pep wouldn't have come back and played those last two years with Carolina. I don't know how much we would have been able to claim him as ours other than the fact that we drafted him. Yeah. I mean, same with one of the other ones is Green. Reggie White. Uh, did we say Green already? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Green, Reggie Kevin White. Green, Reggie uh, White, Sam Mills. Um, and Pep. And Jared Pep, Allen. Jared Allen. I don't think Tillman made it in yet, uh, which is a surprise because he was a big name in the cornerback space for a long time in this league. Um, he'll probably get in at some point, but he probably wasn't a splashy enough player. He didn't really go on to win any any major things uh, being in the NFL. But I don't pretty think cool. He's on. Uh, he's bar- He's an FBI agent. Yeah. How wild is that? It is like, crazy. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. He's other. You know, players. I think Dan Morgan was talking about this when he was hired as the GM. Is like, or I heard him in an interview. Maybe it was Kyle Bailey and your. You're kind of like as a player, you retire at such, you know, you have a whole life ahead of you and your whole life has been sort of, you know, your identity is so wrapped up in football. And that's why so many guys just stick in the game. You know, it's part of them. It's what they're yeah. good at. It's what they know. So it's kind of neat to see Peanut Tillman. He's like, man, I'm going to go. Now he's going to probably be on like one of these FBI shows. Soon next. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. If you're, 
I don't think you're ever going to see Josh Norman make it into the uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, no, not even close. He's not yeah. even going to sniff it. Um, all right. Uh, but one of the Hall of Famers in Cody's life is in the news. Oh, uh, yeah. So listen, we have big news. This is huge news because uh, for both those of you uh, that don't know, I really don't care about football outside of the NFL and, and college, right? But boy, I do now, baby, because let me tell you what, Panther fans everywhere are now fans of the UFL's Birmingham Stallions because they have signed our boy Matt Corral to a contract, baby. Let's go, Stallions. That's right. Uh, You know, this is the start of Corral's journey back to the NFL. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he still has football in his life. Uh, Everybody was tagging me. In this, dude, it's funny because like I'm known as the Matt Corral number one fanboy, so everyone and their mama was tagging me in this, being like, "Oh, Cody's got a UFL team," uh, and yeah, I do, man. Go Birmingham Stallions. I have no idea where or how to watch uh, the UFL. <laughs> I guess I have to figure that out on I my own. I think it'll be on ESPN. Oh, Scarborough um, plays for them, by the way. That you remember that running back? He sounds familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, Alabama, didn't he? Yeah, this is how we uh, this is how we all pick these teams. This is how we pick the teams we root for in these leagues. It's just we find a player that used to play on the Panthers or that we like somehow. And, yes, and, and dude, shout out to Panther Girl seventy seventy three. She has not lost the plot. Another dude done dirty by this organization. Ain't that a mouthful? Ah, uh, man, he wanted to draft. Did you? Did we talk about this last week? Did you see old uh, Matt Rule in the news? Yeah. Oh, yeah, which, by the way, was a blatant lie. They have him on video. He He said I wanted him on the board. He said he wanted him on the board. He didn't say he wanted to draft him. But it was this. is just a typical egomaniac, Matt Rule, is that as they're asking about Brock Purdy and his ascendancy to the, you know, going to the Super Bowl, and because Matt Rule is a former NFL coach, you know, he's being asked this in a press conference. Instead of making this a story about how he saw Brock Purdy in college and he's not surprised that he had success in the NFL and how great and how happy he is for guys that can find their way from being Mr. Irrelevant to, you know, finding success in a league that's tough, that chews people up and spits people out, even him. Instead, he makes it about him. He makes a whole discussion about him and how he was smart enough and no one else. And he got vetoed. Right. And that's what the problem with Matt rule ego maniac. So, Enough with Matt Fool, the man who we used to be called Voldemort on this podcast, the man who will not be named. But uh, let's talk more football. And uh, you know what, Cody? I think we should take some calls, actually. Let's do that. You want to take some calls? Yeah, we'll take a couple of calls, and then we'll get into the NFL calendar that's coming up. So you guys stick around. We're going to talk about the deadlines for franchise tags, free agency, and a cool benefit that Carolina Panthers get for having a new head coach. We might we get a head start that other teams do not get. But we sure. want to get you into this show. We want your opinions on all of the news in the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's take some calls. Panther Nation, be heard. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like and a three and 
a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in the snow. Hey, shout out. This is Pastor Pickle, folks. I want to shout out Diesel Skills because uh, he posted this morning. He posted Panther's last in total sacks with 27. Burns had eight of the 27, and Luvu had six. We all we only have 13 sacks in 17 games with everybody else on our roster. Third last in the league with interceptions on defense. Panthers gave up the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. Fixable? It's a question mark. Um, with better players, maybe. Uh, but uh, this goes to show, folks, we can't concentrate on drafting a wide receiver and 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 our offensive line and only doing those and not not looking at the defense. That's that's a mistake. Uh, this roster's bad, and drafting a defensive guy with a 33rd pick is as important as drafting an offensive guy. Folks have got to get off this kick of of, of stealing from the defense to fix the offense. Um, if if uh, I still maintain that um, we should tag and trade Burns for picks, but if we can work out a deal and re-sign him, I'm still good with that. Uh, because, I mean, the best thing about being last in all these categories is you can't go anywhere but up. So we're going to keep pounding. We're going to fix this defense because you, the Panthers have always had a tough defense, and we've got to get back to having a smack-you-in-the-mouth defense. So uh, yeah. keep pounding and attack the quarterback. I, I I agree with this wholeheartedly. Uh, I think that uh, the praise that this defense has been getting all year uh, is again fool's gold. Um, I'm not saying Ivero isn't a good defensive coordinator. I think he honestly probably is a really good one based on the fact that the, it seemed as though this team was a very good defense. But those those stats don't lie. The sacks number. I mean the one of the the fewest in the league. Um, when it comes to a lot of like in the most, I didn't even realize that the most running uh, running touchdowns against this defense than any other team in the NFL. Um, I yeah, just we, don't we know. Always, we've struggled with a run for years now. It feels like I know, but that's my point. Like I think right now, if Arrow being here is a good thing because I think that they can start to uh, plan uh, this defense and and build it in the way that's the most proper for us to be able to be continuously successful. But I think the idea of main, keeping some of these players that are liabilities, um, that are maybe leading to this defense having these gaping holes um, to allow for these rushing touchdowns, while having Derek Brown, one of the best defensive tackles in the league, the fact that that's a stat that we have as a, as a defense tells you that we need players outside of Derek Brown on this line and clearly everybody we have on the line is not doing it. And I'm saying point. everyone intentionally. Yeah, I think you've raised a ton of good points there, CK. One is that, uh, if anything, Evero is probably should be, uh, you know, sort of lauded because the Panthers' defense wasn't worse than it was given the talent that it had, He's right? Uh, the other thing is is that the idea that this defense was um, better than average 
right? Or top, you know, you heard top five at some points and different things in this is I agree that fool's gold. And we've, we've argued about this on the podcast a lot in the past about what teams actually had to do to beat this team. And there's a reason they didn't have a ton of interceptions. There's a reason that they didn't give up a ton of passing yards is because teams didn't have to do that to beat them a lot of times. And CK, I don't even know. And I think the next great point you brought up is it's, it's really about adding players to this defense that is going to be important because really you only have Derek Brown, who is the kind of standout player, him, Luvu, and then arguably, I guess you could say Burns. And we all need JC Horn everywhere. The Panthers need him to be good and be healthy. Can't wait on that. or can't hold your breath on that. And there's a reason this team can't stop the run and they're probably going to need uh, a nose tackle, you know, a big boy in the middle, that can can help alleviate some of the stress on Derek Brown in this 3-4. They're going to need help at linebacker. And, Cody, let's go ahead and bring it up since he brought and mentioned the tag and trade part for Brian Burns. Mike K put out a story for the Charlotte Observer this week, and it was the eight most pressing free agent position groups that we are going to need to, uh, to touch upon. And he listed uh, number one overall was – the defensive, what I don't even know. I forgot, I forgot now already. Let me see. Got it in the show. Number one overall, he put, we won't go to, uh, oh, he put wide receiver number one. I'm surprised he didn't put defensive in number one because right now the Carolina Panthers, the three defensive, the front is, they're all free agents, right? If you think of this is YGM free agent, uh, Brian Burns pending free agent, and uh, there was one other that he mentioned, too. Well, oh, and Frankie Luvu, if you want to talk about him being a defensive. See, I got it in here somewhere. Anyway, so what is this? I have a this? list of all of the free agents that we have. All right, the Panthers here is here's what he wrote. Panthers top three edge rushers are set to become free agents. Burns, YGM, and Marquis Haynes. Oh, you know. And really, nobody's going to, you know, cry about those. But Brian Burns, let's talk about Brian Burns and what the Carolina Panthers are facing in these decisions real quick, Cody, is the three guys that we talked about last week were Brian Burns, Luvu, Chin. We won't get into the Chin conversation today, but Brian Burns, you know, there everybody knows the history that's come with this guy is the, the problems with yeah. negotiations when it came to Carolina, the numbers that uh, he – felt were deserved and earned. Um, and, you know, then the decline in play or production for him this season. And then there's going to be a million excuses for why that happened. You know, bad defense. How is Brian Burns going to put up these numbers when they never pass the ball? And all of those are legitimate kind of discussions to be had. But, you know, will Brian Burns want to stay in Carolina? Can Carolina afford to lose him? And right now, it seems like everybody's leaning towards the best thing to do with Brian Burns is to franchise tag him and either play him or franchise tag him and trade him. And what you've tried to also say is the non-exclusive franchise tag. Yeah. Where you offer you you offer him a deal. If somebody pays him more, then they got to give you a pick, first round pick for it. Yeah. To me, that seems like the most fair deal right now. Uh, you're you you know average out the top five edge rushers. And then he gets paid whatever that average is. Uh, according to spotrack.com, a new deal for Brian Burns is looking to be around $21.7 per year. 
So again, this is my a lot opinion. more reasonable I, I than. But again, and uh, I have no way of proving this, but it is my opinion that Brian Burns wanted more than that, or else he probably already would have been signed by now. At least in my opinion. Yeah, uh, because but, we heard numbers. Who's the guy from uh, the Raiders? Well, that they we heard do? numbers, but none of them were ever really confirmed for Brian. Like they we heard said that some, they saw him as who's the guy? The uh, Max Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, which is not sorry. So I think he was a twenty-three million dollar de- player. Right, so basically, my my question to to you boys, Tony and CK, and everyone's in the chat room is: What is more? Uh, what are you capable of stomaching more? Paying Brian Burns uh, north of twenty-two million dollars per year, or uh, this uh, nifty, shifty little trade that's been making its way around the internet? Uh, Bleacher Report is the one that proposed this trade. Uh, it is uh, for the Carolina Panthers receiving a 2024 first-round pick uh, from the Baltimore Ravens, uh, a 2025 third-round pick, and Ed David Ojabo mm. uh, for Brian Burns. And do we think that this is a good deal, and would you take this deal for Brian Burns? Is the specter of losing Brian Burns worse than the specter of potentially overpaying Brian Burns relative to his perceived worth? Gentlemen, let's say you. I say that would make the pain of losing Brian Burns more bearable, in my opinion. Um, My concern is last year we're talking about Brian Burns not performing well. But for the majority of his career, he's been a stalwart on this defense, you know. Um, so he had a bad year and a contract year. Um, I don't think that's a direct indictment on his ability to play at a high level. So I'd be all right with getting him here. Um, I don't know that I like the number, but I'm willing to stomach that price uh, to keep him here in Carolina. I would take this deal, as Patty Grimes says, right away. And the reason I would take this deal is not just because it's not really an indictment on Brian Burns. I think what CK brings up are some good points as well. The decline went down, went last year down is like we know that Brian Burns is a very good player, right? Uh, or I do have some concerns if he's a great player. Right. Right. Or I'm not, you know, uh, and I'm rooting for him. So when you say things like that, I feel like if people say, and you don't believe they can be great, but I, I feel like this is people say, Oh, he's entering his prime. He's entering his prime. Well, you know, it's kind of been in his prime too already. Right. Is so like, right. Uh, you know, is that is if, if we just continue to talk about future potential for a, a person, then we're just kind of, um, it's like a belief bias, like a decision bias we already had that we believed he was going to be great. So yes, he, he still can be great. Uh, the reason I would take this is because I think that the relationship between Brian Burns and the Carolina Panthers is a, is a strained one. Yeah, I think that they are going to have to pay him more than they should because of the way things have happened. Right. Yeah. So I think he has, in this case, strangely more leverage than he should given his statistics, right? Because of the way it handled and because the Carolina Panthers just don't have any other players. So that's the thing. If we let him walk, that's the worst thing you can do, right? Is letting him walk. The Panthers just have more, too many holes to fill. 
I think that paying him to stay in Carolina, you're going to pay him more than another team would pay him uh, because of the circumstances of the team. I also don't think that this defense is ready for, like if if we continue to talk about him needing to break out, break out, become, he's going to be this elite player. I think it's going to take time for this defense to be a be a type of defense where Brian Burns' skill sets all of a sudden flash as like, oh, crap, he's on SportsCenter. He's on this and that because we don't have a lot of pieces around him. He is our main piece. And then are we going to continue to just hear, oh, he doesn't have any help. He doesn't have any help. So I think this is what the, if the Carolina Panthers were able to take this trade, I think they would not only save money that they could then continue to use to build for a longer term projection of the team. They would then uh, have a first round pick. They would then add uh, some picks to the stable to continue to get good. And then David Ajabo is a young player who uh, tours. Remember, he tours Achilles right before the combine uh, or something. It was the combine, right? Yeah. And I think he was on the same team that um, – who's the guy that went to Detroit, uh, the defensive end there? Uh, yes, Michigan. He went to the Michigan Wolf. Uh, he was a first-round pick. Uh, he was perceived as a first round pick, and yeah, he got uh, yeah, he got hurt. Who was the guy that went? He's like the 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 best. Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. So he played on the other side of him, and I th- I'm pretty sure. Um, and then Panther Pickle adding some context. He says Ojabo has played five games in two seasons and was a healthy and actor for seven games. Last yeah, year. I mean, so is the question is is I don't know if like all of a sudden you're gonna get a player that's gonna be you know, good even, but at least you get a player that's younger. You do have the problems with, uh, this surgery, you know, the injury history, but I think warm body pretty much at that maybe, or maybe it's just like, look, he's also playing on a team too. Like how is a guy who is inexperienced, who is coming off an injury going to make a break into that lineup when the Ravens had the best defense in the league? So I don't even know if it's just him being a healthy scratch is all his fault. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just like, Hey, we're, you know, I mean, we don't need you right now to rush but, along. And listen, I think there, there is a fair middle ground to this conversation, Tony, where it's the Panthers missed their opportunity to build around Brian while they had the opportunity. And yeah. now that, and now that hourglass of sand has run out. And now it's time to either put him on a different team or pay him like he's a part of your plans for the foreseeable future. And, and I think you're going to have to Panthers, pay him a lot then. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like the Panthers want to do either of them. Like right. they're stuck in this weird middle ground where they can't really afford to get rid of him because then you need two edge rushers and you don't really want to pay all the money. can't afford to, to pay him either. Here. Yeah, you can't afford to pay him. Listen, uh, Kev, our boy White Chocolate Espresso has converted me, man. Go out and get Jadavion Clowney for one season. Go get Leonard Floyd for one season. Get some draft picks. Yeah, man. Uh, and then and yeah, wouldn't it surprise me if Brian Burns became the next player that got traded away from the Panthers and ends up being a breakout player somewhere else? I would no, be happy for him. Surprise me at all, man. I'd be happy but, for him. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. You know, then I've also heard the devil's advocate position, Tony, that you know. People are tired of seeing our our players get traded to other places and then balling out like that first Joe Person tweet that we put up there. 
and understand oh, Scott Fowler went. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. also like these Fowler. guys go to teams that are good. Like it's not that they all, all right. of a sudden became greater players. What it is True. is they're a good player on a bad team, and a good player on a great team can be a great player, right? Is like is that that's the thing is is you almost feel like you're wasting their their career when we're not ready for to put the pieces in for them to really thrive. You know, I mean, it's like that's why Hassan Reddick wants to stay where, I mean, you heard the rumors they requested a trade, which weren't true. But, you know, is these guys, those types of players really thrive. Back, yeah. uh, Mike K put out, wouldn't that be, uh, he said Dan Morgan has the opportunity to do a funny thing. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Let's go to uh, Muscles. C3 Mafia, how you doing? That fucking, uh, uh, I have a whole lot to talk about, so I'll bring it up. C3, you fucking guys. Yo, these fucking guys. Fucking Tony, fucking Cody, <laughs> fucking CK, and occasionally Greg. He's been taking way too many days off. Hey, Greg, you know, you keep taking days off. Replace you, you know what I mean? You know, the show's not that, uh, and I can't bring but I I believe a fucking 10 year old. That's what I could bring. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, you fucking guys, every Tuesday, Friday, even the fucking Pisons, Diesel, Skills, fucking, uh, Panther Pickle, Anthony, uh, the other one. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting old, boys. Tomorrow's my birthday. I'll be 39. And don't have to. Hey, birthday. happy birthday, Pison. But anyway, you fucking guys, you always bring it Tuesday, Friday. Post game, pre game, whatever the fuck, you guys are always on point, and we appreciate that. The C three Mafia appreciates you fucking guys. All right, my daughter's got a basketball game. Time to go kick some ass and yell at some fucking stupid referee making twelve dollars an hour. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> you fucking guys. Uh... Those have to be the next shirts, man. C three yeah. Mafia, dude, and those again, dude, those are fly too, man. C three Mafia, that that's the thing right there, brother. All right, let's take another call. Thanks, uh, Muscles. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? It's What's G Cavassier. What's up, G? Hey, G? We all know that free agency is coming up. Let's talk about that Super Bowl. That Super Bowl was pretty damn good. And all people saying that shit was scripted and everything. No, the hell it wasn't. That shit wasn't scripted at all. And I said this last year, and I'm going to say it again. I am not a Brock Purdy fan at all. I don't like that dude, man. His team is damn stacked. And everybody's like, oh, God, he's the truth. But anyway, enough of that bullshit. Hey, man, you know free agency is coming up. And a player that nobody's talking about who I would love to see to come to Carolina is damn Devontae Adams out of the Raiders. Man, he would be an upgrade with the wide receivers because I don't know who the hell we're going to keep, who we're letting go. I don't know, man. And when it comes to Brian Burns, Y'all seen a couple of weeks ago, Baltimore wants to wants him. They're willing to give up their, you know, their first round pick for him or some shit like that. I think they're like a pick before us or something like that. Hey, if he wants to go to Baltimore, do it. And all, everybody talking about franchise tag him. I would not do that because I think that shit's like at 20 mil, a little bit over 20 mil just to franchise tag his ass. So I don't know, man. Give me your thoughts on that, y'all. Keep pounding. Yeah, a good time there, G, is where we just had that conversation about Brian Burns. And, you know, I I guess it would. Their first-round pick would be a late first because they made it 
so far, right? They were so good this season. AFC Championship game. But I do, I, I know there, there's, there's a real um, validity to people's positions that the Carolina Panthers just can't let every player go when they don't have any players, right? So like you don't have any good players, and the few good players you got, uh, you can't move those pieces all away and expect to get better. But I think that we're going to have to start really, truly looking at the Carolina Panthers as a long build now, right? Is that is that it really is about incrementally trudging forward at this point and getting better as a team, building around because you want to. We want to talk about if that team is so stacked that uh, Brock Purdy was on. We're going to need to start working towards getting stacked. And that's yeah. not something that you're going to just be able to do overnight in free agency in the draft is that we're going to be talking about a three-year process of yeah. like really adding talent to the team. And then I, you don't want to pay somebody, or I think the concern would be paying a guy like Brian Burns. And by the time you get the talent that that can surround him to where he can really become that elite player that you that many people believe he can be, he's either going to be looking for another contract by then yeah or past that mo or we missed the moment right. I think you kind of explained it with yeah, the no, that's what i'm saying it's like the hourglass has you know the sand has run out you have a time period that uh to sign your players and to get the most out of them and surround them with talent and if you fail to do that and you're still rebuilding yeah, now you're running into the same problem where you have to make a decision on Brian Burns and paying him a $25 plus million contract when the biggest need in your organization is to surround Bryce Young with talent. You have to know what you have in Bryce Young. Tony, we gave up so much to get him. And yet, you know, the entire argument amongst Panthers fans this entire year was, can you even make it a fair evaluation of Bryce given the offensive line in front of him, given the wide receivers that you had around him, we can't be having the same conversation at the end of year two. Like, what would you rather do? Load up on offense around Bryce, at least get something competent on the offensive side of the football, then maybe spend the next two, three years of draft picks and free agency on, on the defensive side of the football. That's around that three to four year rebuild that you're talking about that the Panthers can't ever really seem to commit to. I think there's too many position groups that need to be upgraded to say you're going to load up on either side of the ball. I think you're going to have to incrementally get better on both sides of the ball, right? Like is we talked about the defense being potentially fool's goldish in one way. So the defense is going to have to get more talent on it from year to year to year. And the offense does too. I just don't think there's going to be an overnight sensation and I know that that's what we what fans want. I saw this is I saw your sparring partner, Monty, put out a tweet that said, this is how you basically attack free agency. You go get Calvin Ridley. You go into the draft and you double dip here and you do this. And you know what? There was no mention of the offensive line. And so what I think is this is the, the plans that people are putting out, they're going and getting these weapons, surrounding him with weapons. That's not going to help him if he's getting murdered. You know, and yeah. so I think is this is I think what you can do is I think if you improve the offensive line and you get a little you get a, more talent on the team next year on offense, 
you have a better chance of fairly evaluating Bryce Young. And then you're going to do it one more time. You're going to have another offseason year three where it's going to be the moment where you're like, hey, this is we've built the team the best we can to get around them where we're going to have to make a decision. But I think that each side of the ball is going to need those types of forward hoe. And I don't think there's going to be an addition in free agency or a one or a draft in a single draft that's going to just all of a sudden load up the offense or load, you know. Yeah. And so I just think it's slow and steady is going to have sadly unless, be the case. unless Dan Morgan comes out and surprises us and just has one of those rare drafts that teams sometimes have where they like just four hit, starters. Yeah, where they just hit on every draft pick and get a bunch of starters out of the equation, man. Uh, but listen, you know, for those of you who don't know, we are a year-round podcast. We take no breaks. And it's because of you incredible C3 fans, people like Will Horsley, who will come into the chat, Tony, and just randomly drop 10 gifted memberships. The greatest on, gift you can do on the C3 Panthers oh, podcast. Incredible. Will Horsley, you are the man, brother. Thank you so much. That love is reciprocated, bro. We appreciate you. And, uh, don't, hey, man, now that the season's over, now it's that time where, you know, I have to jump back into these uh, draft picks, man, and these players and better knowing potential draft picks. And Tony's wanting to do. Uh, convince uh, me to care. Yeah, convince me to care. So, hey, man, keep it tuned to C3, man. The draft content is getting ready to kick up. It's going to be fun, dude. Well, let's go to the brand ambassador. What is going on, C3? This is Deez live right here again for another Tuesday night. We're locked and loaded right where we need to be, right here on the longest-running Panthers podcast. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. Don't waste any time. Get over right now to carolinacatchronicles.com. Get yourself that C3 mug. Give it as a gift if you like, if you know someone's birthday is coming up. If not, get yourself a Panther Pickle t-shirt. Shut the hell up is what the man has to say. Let all your friends and family know that's exactly what they can do. They can shut the hell up about these Carolina Panthers because we're going to get better next season for sure. Not only that, they got a G-Baby shirt. You make me sick. Let them know. I'm tired of watching this Panthers team lose, and it makes me sick. And you talking about it makes me sick as well. So visit CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We're ready and locked and loaded for another Tuesday night. Get excited. Let's rock and roll. We got the whole C3 fam here. We got the whole C3 community here. Let's enjoy our time together on the flagship show. Other than that, want to wish you guys a great Tuesday. Wanted to bring up a little point about Dave Canales. He mentioned he was going to build the offense around the roster. Well, boy, the Carolina Panthers fans have heard that lie before. We've heard that from Ben McAdoo. He said he was going to build the offense around the roster. He didn't until Steve Wilkes took charge. Then we started to build the offense around the roster. We heard that same lie. It came out from Thomas Brown and Frank Reich. Both, they both said they were going to tailor the offense around the roster. They didn't. It was the worst offense we've seen in Carolina maybe ever. It was horrendous to watch. Is Dave, is Dave Canales lying to the Panthers fans as we've been lied to before? Should we buy into the hype this year? I don't know. Let's stay tuned to C3 for the latest news and opinions from the fans' perspective. Keep pounding, C3. Uh, nice. Hey, He's doing you my see job what, for me. You see why we call the man the brand ambassador? Bro, it's for a reason, man. Who else will get you hyped for C3 like these little skills? He is 
the man, dude. Uh, he he brought up Dave Canales in the, you know, I mean, look, sometimes it's, we don't want to get upset with people for saying the right things. Right? right. It was like, it was almost like we would get upset with Bryce Young because he was just too perfect of an interviewer or something like this. You know what I mean? Like we got to give credit to people for doing, you know, yes. Is it coach speak? Is it these types of things? Certainly. And you're just going to have, there's just a degree of that. Right. But he is right. Is look, is every coach has told us this. Every coach has acted like, oh, we got to build and tune our team to this. But what you have seen and he's right about is that a lot of times it's a lie that these guys are trying to find people for their schemes, guys that they, you know, instead of building to a scheme or a a game plan to their players. I think the good news these is that Dave Canales has a track record of doing that though. Right. Is that he's not just had success with like a Peyton man. You're like, Oh, he was Peyton Manning's quarterback coach. I don't care who Peyton Manning's quarterback coach was. He was his own quarterback coach. Who cares who the offensive coordinator was for Peyton Manning? He was the uh, offensive coordinator on the field. Right. So, but I think if you go back and you look at Russell Wilson and maybe he's the least important on this list, but he, Russell Wilson's two best seasons, Dave Canales was a part of it. Uh, Geno Smith, his best season in the in, in all of football, comeback player of the year. And you saw him take a look. They just weren't as good this year, right, when Dave Canales was gone. Now, he was just the quarter, the passing game coordinator. So, I mean, you don't want to overcredit him for the success of a Geno Smith, but you also can associate him with Baker Mayfield, right, and Baker Mayfield's arguably his best season. So I do think that we have seen Dave Canales' name associated with players who have seen turnarounds, who have had those types of all of a sudden that turnaround does seem because the team believes it plays to their strengths. Baker's strength is to kind of rip it downfield and play hero ball. And to, did you see him go out and like win the skills competition? He's playing with yeah. confidence. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, he's just in a, and, Everybody glows about Dave Canales. The last point I'll make about Dave Canales is we don't have to buy into any hype, Dees, because there's really not a lot. And this is what's great about this hire to me. And what was the fear of bringing in a Ben Johnson? You know, you bring in Ben Johnson. It's like, oh, all of a sudden we better get good quick. Like, I feel like I could be very happy with this Carolina Panthers team adding some good players through the draft that we see future success with them being a part of it. We see Bryce Young step forward and we get enthusiastic about him as leading the team as a quarterback. And I don't think all of a sudden, like last year, we're sitting here. I picked the fucking Panthers to win the division last year. I mean, should we be shamed for sniffing the hopium? Like when we see good things, should we never think that we can take that next step forward? Because if not, then what are we even hoping for this year, man? Well, maybe we could just hope for uh, a reasonable success, right? Like, I mean, it's just a reasonable. What would that that reasonable success be? To me, it is adding players through the draft that we find that we can see being part of a team getting better in the future. I think it would be an us seeing Bryce Young step forward as a prospect to where you have less trepidation 
about him or you have less of it. You just, I think is just plowing forward. And I don't even know if that translates into a ton of wins. I mean, I think this team, I think like anything below five wins is disappointing period for any team. Right. Like I want us to trod forward. I don't need us to win the division. I don't need us to win the playoffs. Now I'm not saying those things wouldn't be welcomed. Right. Some progression. progression. Some progression to see Bryce to, to see shades of a superstar from Bryce. And I do mean superstar. It doesn't have to be that all year next year, but we want to see the types of plays reminiscent of what would be a first overall pick. And I think you make a great point. I would love for this draft coming up, the 2024 draft, even potentially without our first round pick, that we hit on a bunch of players. I want this draft that we can look back in the next two or three years, look back at the 2024 draft and say, man, that meant something. There are some cornerstone players in that draft. And even in this free agent period, uh, I think that's where free agency will matter in the future. You know what I'm saying? Is like, is to where you're like, all of a sudden we can bring in free agents to add to these young players and fill in some gaps. But you know what is it starts right here with a superstar. Mike Hollinger, $20 super chat. Man, that's a hero right there. Yes, sir. He says this, we're in the NFC South. We can turn around faster than other divisions. We have some guys on the O-line with talent. If we acquire three starters on O-line and two-star receivers, this might turn around faster than three years. Uh, I mean, yeah. It sounds like a lot on the surface. It does. But, and I don't even know if when I say turn around, oh, look, is turn around means being competitive to me. Yeah, sure. You know, and that's kind of what Tampa Bay was this year. They made the playoffs. But I don't think is that like I would want if I'm a Tampa Bay fan, I'm worried that they're not going to keep moving forward after this year. Right. Like I, I think is, there's a good likability. They take a step back. Honestly. Right. Because sure. Baker, here's the thing. Baker is going to try to cash in like he can't afford not to cash in on this year. Like, this is the year he goes for that long-term contract anywhere, at least to the best of his ability. Um, and even if he does take a one-year deal, it's going to be a big-dollar contract wherever he lands. Like $30 um, million, one year, $30 million or something. And if Mike Evans gets the contract that he's looking for, he's not going to be playing for Tampa Bay with Baker getting that same contract either. Um, you know, they could try to do some cap magic, but paying two guys – you know, $70 million over, you know, is going to be a difficult thing uh, for, for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. So we'll see. Which is good good for the Panthers progressing in the division. But I also, while we can progress quickly in our division, you still have to play teams in the playoffs that are outside of your division and much better. Yeah. Right. So like you could see a team uh, look at how quickly, I mean, look, is the Texans are a great example. You know, the Texans, we actually kind of want to do what the Texans. This is what we want to season next year, like the Texans had, but with it doesn't even have to require the playoff success. You yeah. believe in your quarterback by the end of the year. You believe you got your guy, right? That's what we need. If you want to know what success is for me as a Carolina Panthers fan next year, it's me believing that Bryce Young is the future, right? Not having doubt, uh, added doubts, not having to over justify and over argue and try to find every single one play. Right. And I, and I do think he played well enough. I think there's a way that this could happen. 
I want to see that maybe Dave Canales could be an answer for us as a head coach. And I want to see us get better through the draft. Those are the things. And I don't know if that's in wins that that really is the way that you convince me of that. But I want a competitive team that fights, that gets more talented from next this year to next year, then gets more talented from next year to the year following. Yeah. Some some real progression, man. We've been down bad so long. In terms we don't want to be back losses. here talking about do we have to no. – is, is Dave Canales, do we just need to – are we going to have to give him another year to see how it comes? We don't want to give and see like, oh, we need another year to see if we – we want to believe in these guys. We want to believe in them. Oh, yeah. And, Tony, we didn't even talk about this. Uh, the NFL honors thing, did did we talk about that? So no. Keegan, Keegan Michael Key, he was the host of NFL honors – where they named the MVP and they named all the awards. And during his open mo- his opening monologue, he said, Taylor Swift is in Tokyo, Japan right now. The only people further away from the Super Bowl are the Carolina Panthers. No, zing. Zing. And, dude, uh, Coach Canales responded to it on Twitter with, like, the little oh eyeballs God. and the little written note emoji. Like, yeah, we're we're taking notes. So I like that, man. Let let Canales get all the bulletin board material, get some fuel for the fire, and get everyone good and pissed off when it's time to come in for football for the 2024 season. What's no one no one again? expects shit of us. Who the the Keegan uh, Michael Key? Keegan Michael Key, the guy from Key and Peel. Oh. Yeah, uh, oh it was his one. Oh my god! So oh my god! Lol. Lots of oh my god! So funny. Oh my god! So funny, dude. So funny. But, Actually, I, I mean, look. Uh, I mean, Tony, we already talked about it. We're the what the the we have the worst odds, yeah. and we should Super Bowl. Yeah, and dude, it's not hard to do better than a two win season. So uh, you know, we should be excited that we have the potential to be better than we were. But I, I like the potential for us to come out pissed off and Dave Canales can come into his boys and say, everyone thinks y'all ain't shit. Are you yeah. going to confirm or deny what they're saying about you? You ain't shit. That your ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, get mad, dude. Yeah, Let- I mean, and that's why I think the we're playing kind of finally with a little house money as fans. Yeah. Sure. Where we just don't have this unrealistic expectation you had negative Greg. We had pessimistic Greg saying they were going to win 10 games this year. I was the most pessimistic about the team. And I said eight, anywhere from seven and nine to nine and eight or whatever it was, you know, like, and that, so to me, I will, I do believe any team that wins less than five games is a bad team. You know, so I mean, if you wanted, if you want a number for me to feel better, if it's a win total, I would love to get to five or more, right? To me, that would feel like a victory in itself at this point. Sure. But all right, let's take another call. C3, hope everybody's having a great February so far. Um, I wanted to call in um, Cody, Tony, Greg, CK. Love you all. Um, haven't called in in a while, but uh, you, you called me out last week in my text or in my comments, uh, Cody, and I just wanted to kind of get back. I don't want to bring up old shit, but I told you, I mean, we shouldn't have traded the farm 
if your comp is Mr. Irrelevant. And I'm going to concede, all right, we have a seventh-round quarterback in Brock Purdy playing like a second- or third-round quarterback. That's fine. You don't trade the farm for that. Tony, you talk about being in the desert and thirsty for a quarterback. Well, if you're walking through the desert, you do not trade your right leg for a canteen of water. And that's what we did. You trade your right leg for a medvac out of that fucking desert back to America. Let them patch you up from there. We traded too much. It, we weren't in the spot to do that. Which leads me to where I really want to go. Enough with the old shit. Whatever comparison you want to make for Bryce. Um, I, I know hope springs eternal in the off season, and that's our favorite part these last six years since David Tepper has taken over. But holy shit, we got a brand new coach that did his dog and pony dance, and it was great, and everybody's blowing smoke up his backside. Man, we have got a first-year coach that has one year of calling plays in the NFL He's going to be calling plays for a second-year quarterback who is seeing ghosts right now. I don't know why everyone's so excited about this year. We have a front Mm -hmm. office. Man, I hope you guys get down on your knees and pray that Dan Morgan graduated from Hogwarts before he went to University of Miami to play football. Because he and Megamind have some wizardry to pull off. <laughs> Megamind. And two of our 21 free agents, and we're out of cap money. How are we going to shore up that front line? How are we going to shore up the defensive line? How are we going to bring – man, I don't know why everyone's so excited about this year. This is going to be a disaster. I'm hoping 2025 is looking like maybe closer to what the NFL wants every team to be. Eight and nine, nine and eight, parody in the league. We've got a long way to go. D from Sanford, please talk me off this ledge. I love C3 family. I got you. I got you. I'm going to talk you off this ledge. The scenario that, uh, that, uh, what's the coach in Los Angeles, the Rams? I can't remember his name for whatever reason. The new one? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, the, the, for the Rams, main head coach, uh, uh, oh Sean, uh, Sean McVay. Sean second. McVay inherited a dumpster fire of a team in the Rams when he took over there. They had traded the farm away for Jared Goff. They didn't have anybody that was of note at that point in time. Uh, they might have one or two star players on defense or offense, but ultimately, he had to build that team. To what it was nobody looked at sean mcveigh and said he is going to bl- be what he became okay so yes we have an uphill battle nobody is saying next year is going to be the change that we're you know that that we ho- hope it is we don't know nobody knows but i sure as heck am optimistic uh that we have a coach that has brought people in that have a unified vision to him um that took this job because of bryce not in spite of him. Uh, and and so we may not be sitting in a great position, but I'll tell you what, I feel like our position can get better uh, a lot more quickly than people expect. 
I do too. And listen, he talks a little bit about the comparison I was making between uh, Brock Purdy and Bryce Young and how if they were comparable, you wouldn't trade up to number one for Mr. Irrelevant. And there's nothing I can say to you, man. Until Bryce makes it good on that investment, there's nothing to say that you're wrong about that uh, assessment. And at this time, I agree with you. Until further notice, I would not have made that kind of trade for Bryce. And that's not to say that he can't be good. With that or said, there are certain trade one day in the future. Sure. He could be. And the other thing, right. I think but hold on, let me just say this though. Him as Mr. Irrelevant. Maybe he just shouldn't have been. He, if you shouldn't right. have traded up for Bryce Young because that's he his comp, underdrafted. Then Brock Purdy is also shouldn't have gone last. Right at one one thousand percent. How about this is fair to me right now? Bryce wasn't necessarily worth that number one. And uh, Purdy was better than 265 or whatever the hell yeah. he was when he was drafted. I think that's fair. Uh, however, we have to accept some of these things and move on with what the reality of the situation is. That's your quarterback, and now you're going to have to build around them. I think quarterbacks like Tua Tagovailoa and uh, uh, Brock Purdy should give everyone a little bit of hope that there is a blueprint to build the type of team that you need for Bryce to be successful. I also understand it's a lot easier said than done procuring a Tyree Kill or a George Kittle or a Christian McCaffrey, you know? Yeah, Uh, yeah, so I I understand that. But there is a way for Bryce uh, to be special and to survive. And not even just survive, but to thrive in our offense, but I think he can be a lot better than those two players too. Right. So is that, I mean, I think if that's the blueprint is I see traits in Bryce young that I think can be, uh, better than Tua. I think Bryce young can be a better player than Tua. I do think that, but I mean, it is a hope thing, you know I mean? But that's what you mean. That's what the draft is about. That's what, um, that's why we call them prospects. And if you if you are able to get if you're able to get um, uh, a Calvin Ridley, uh, who a lot of people think would be somewhere in our wheelhouse uh, of players, I think that would be a good signing for us. Um, uh, Brandon, right, let's, we'll, let's we'll go through that. Look, we got three calls left. Let's power through these three calls, and then we'll finish out with the finish free agency the prospects. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, What's up, C3? It's Tyler here. Been a minute What's up, Tyler? Since I've, uh, been able to call in and listen to you guys. Life's been crazy, so hope you guys are doing well. Um, biggest offseason priorities. It's got to be protecting Bryce Young and giving him weapons. Um, I mean, I'm all about, and hopefully we can re-sign Frankie Louvu. Hopefully, hopefully we can work something out with Brian Burns. But to me, you have to prioritize giving help for Bryce Young. Uh, defense was great. Uh, Ezra Vero did a great job with the, uh, with the defense, especially with the injuries. Um, but didn't mean anything with Bryce Young getting hit as much as he did. I honestly like interior offensive line, uh, is the biggest thing. And, um, I'm still unsure about Icky. Um, I Same. think you have to give him some competition. I wouldn't be mad, 
honestly, if they got found someone in the draft, like if a top left tackle dropped down to us and we put Icky a left guard, or if we found someone free agency that we're going to put Icky a left guard. Um, but we have to figure out, number one priority is figuring out offensive line. And then to me, close second is wide receivers. I don't want E. Higgins or Mike Evans if that means at the expense of the offensive line the way it was last year because you're not going to have any time to throw the ball. You've got to get Bryce Young. Um, you got to give this guy every opportunity to succeed and figure out if he's the guy or not because last year you can't really tell me based on last year that, oh, that gives me an indication of who Bryce Young is. You don't know. So we have to be able to protect him and give him weapons. Right. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what um, Dan Morgan does and with the new face, uh, new face of GM and the uh, new cap guy, how does that Brian Burns thing work out? You know, are we able to, to give some good deals and things that make sense for both sides? So we'll see. Um, looking forward to see what your thoughts are about uh, what you think your biggest priorities are for what you think the Panthers should do, but uh, good to talk to you guys. I hope you guys have a good night. Keep pounding. Stick around. Stick around. We're definitely about to get into those priorities because I think I kind of disagree with some of the priority, the order that maybe Mike K put it in. So we're going to get into those free agencies. He ranked the top free, uh, eight position groups they need to address, right, like in order. And we've got some free agent real targets in each we're going to do three position groups tonight, and then maybe we'll do like three next week or something, see how it goes. So appreciate that call. We'll take these. We'll get these calls out of it, and a lot of these things we'll be addressing in the next couple of minutes. So stick hey, around. guys. Um, it's Anthony from Charlotte. Hope y'all boys are having a good Tuesday. Uh, quick shout-out, Patrick Mahomes, young goat, um, best six-year career, start to a career we've ever seen. Um, he's inevitable. Um, but on to the Panthers, man. Um Listen, we kind of touched on this earlier, and um, listen, I have no problem with optimism from um, from fans, right? I have no issue with that, but the more I'm starting to think of I mean, it's almost like these fans lose their minds every offseason. Like, you got you got people uh, talking about how we could go after LeJarius Sneed and that A.J. Brown's going to somehow make his way over here, and, you know, I even throw, threw out Brandon Ayuk today you know, as like thinking about it, but then I rewatched it and it said like, if he's not, um, he's not happy in his situation in San Fran because they are not winning and he's not completely bought in. That made me think, why the fuck would he want to come exactly. here? Exactly. So all I'm saying is guys like, uh, don't expect big time free agents again, man. We, we also don't have the most amount of money this year. I, I said this, uh, last free for all really it's next year when we have money. But here's where, where fans need to understand, like, and this, this is a credit to G, baby. He's been saying this for weeks now, ever since Dave Canales and Dan Morgan got hired. We need to build through the draft. You need to acquire as many picks as you can, get a bunch of homegrown players here I agree. on rookie deals, because that's the best way to find young talent. I'm sorry. Like, we are not a free agency destination. And this is the other thing. For all the Dan Morgan fans that I keep arguing with saying, oh, well, he may go out and make a splash play. What the fuck are you talking about? We need this guy to actually hit on some damn draft picks. Because Amen. if they can't do that, then what is the point of Bryce Young even being here? We don't know what it's we call have of the to night. get. I don't care that people are calling him a bust. That is a bunch of bullshit. All we want to see is what do we have in this kit? 
so that we can make a proper decision because I know the fan base is going to cream for another quarterback the following year. Not like that's going to fix the, half the problems we've had here. But still, like this is just – we need to hit on draft picks. We need to trade guys like Brian Burns. See what you could get for Chin. See what you can get for Jackson. Flip those guys for picks and, and draft your own players. And if they can't uh, draft good players in like the two – even if Bryce gets another year here after this upcoming year – and we still don't know what we have in it because the fucking roster sucks because our last general manager traded our best players away, then it's a complete failure and everyone should just go at that point. I'm sorry I'm raging here, guys, but I cannot stand how these fans are so delusional sometimes about the most simple concepts of this football team. But, hey, those are just my thoughts. Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounding. Damn, Anthony said y'all got a smooth-ass brain. He brought the fire. So I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, and I want to address this up front. I think the only priority that we need out of Dan right now is to show that he can draft. That has been where we have missed a lot over the past six years is our ability to draft players and develop them into competent starters on this team. Uh, I do believe. I mean, we're going to have to, you know, sign free agents. We don't have to necessarily go big splash free agency. Um, we can probably get some quality players that will allow you to do what he's talking about. And that is uh, build a team that is somewhat competent to show you what Bryce can do. And uh, if we can show that Dan Morgan can draft next year, we have a first round uh, and we have all our draft picks next year. And then we can start to move all those big pieces that we think are going to be necessary for Bryce's development like a star wide receiver or whatnot. But right now the offensive line has to be priority teams that feel like they win in April or uh, March in free agency rarely win. And right. when it matters in February, if you're going out and making a splash in a trade and you're acquiring people or making a splash in free agency, it should be because you believe those players are going to get you to somewhere quickly. Right. And we ain't going nowhere quickly. And this is kind of where I had an issue with with Monty's uh, with Monty's uh, tweet where he said this. He said, "Extend Luvu, tag Burns. All right, sign Ridley. Do everything you can to get Jair Alexander. Double dip at wide receiver in the draft. Add another running back in tight end. I just think this is like it's too like." Having to go on, you're basically building a brand new team in one season. It's not a reason. It's not a. It's not reasonable to expect that to actually take place. We need players. You know who the type of free agents we need? Rasul Douglas. Yeah. Remember when Rasul Douglas came here and played well for us, and then he went to Green Bay and played well for several years. Now he's like, we need players like that that are going to come in here and play better than that what we pay them. You know, and because we we have too many holes. So here's the here and and the draft is it's absolutely right. We are not when we start talking about the position groups, guys. In just a moment, you're gonna realize there are so many holes you can't fill fill them in free agency and the draft this year. This is a multi year process, but this is where it is. It's about starting to build around things that you believe in, creating a vision, and also finding out. We need to find out this year to me is finding out if Bryce Young, if if he gets closer, if he progresses, then I think this. We go, all right, You we don't want that cream your pants conversation that he was talking about quarterbacks to keep existing. If he gets better, 
we can get more comfortable with that quarterback position. And I would like to see Dave Canales have a field of team that looks competent. Because if we can just say this, is that those two things right there aren't the questions going into 2025, then we can build incrementally. You know, uh, here, and this is only just a few Yo, seconds. what's up, C3? Um, Cody and um, Al, uh, Tony Dunn. And um, it's only nine seconds. Say, what's up, man? I mean, I look like I know shit to talk about tonight, but I'm just calling to say what's up, bro. All right, man. We all, yeah. <laughs> man, good to have you listening to the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast on the interwebs. That's right. We are. We've done 10 full seasons. Haven't missed a week in 10 years. Occasionally had to move the show to a different day and time to account for that. But we're here week in and week out. Nine o'clock Tuesday nights is our flagship show, the C3 Panthers podcast. Friday night free for all has become an entity of its own, right? Uh, It's a while. It is. uh, Cody, I don't know how you had the vision with the name and the vision, but it all went for it went right. I mean, the only other thing is you could have called it the C3 Royal Rumble is the only thing that would have been closer uh, that could have compared with that title. But we're here. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe. Look, this is the starving time for football podcasts, and we need you guys. We need you to lock arms, continue to call in, subscribe, tell your friends about the show, and recognize that this is the type of time where hardcore football fans dig in, trench in, and actually get even more into football. So we're here for it. Cody, we have a lot to do when it comes to this team and building this roster. Mike K put up this. He said in his story on Charlotte Observer, he said he ranked the eight position groups. I'm going to ask you guys this. If you were going to say the eight position groups that the Panthers need to, and I'm going to read the title Clearly, I want to make sure I don't screw the title up to see exactly what he said. Um, and I wonder if it was just through free agency. Uh, where is it? What would you rank the eight needed, the eight groups, or you don't have to do eight. What are the top four or five groups that you need the Panthers need to upgrade in free agency? Offensive line. Okay. Um, defensive. Defensive end, uh, wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, safety. Okay. Um, Cody, go ahead. And and here is his wording. So it wasn't just free agency. He said, here is a ranking of Panthers' top eight needs entering the offseason. All right. So uh, you go ahead, Cody. I mean, listen, how do you not say wide receiver? I mean, I really think that has to be, uh, yeah, it has to be in consideration. I mean, I'm thinking of names like a Calvin Ridley, a Tyler Boyd, uh, Gabe Davis would even be in our wheelhouse and guys that would, that would be good for us. Um, and then another one and uh shout out to Panther pickle. Cause he's been on this a lot too. That linebacker position, man. We need more help at inside linebacker. Shaq Thompson's getting older. I don't even know. I mean, older. I think he's under contract. Yeah, I don't uh, even know if yeah. he is under contract. I don't know no, if he's I believe on, he is. He's not on deal the, he's done. I don't believe he's on the free agent list. I did put it up here. I can check it out. 
Um, but yeah, I mean that linebacker core that, that's been so terrible for us. We haven't been able to really uh, replace the absence of Luke Kingsley and Thomas Davis in the middle of that linebacking core. Um, I think that's also why Frankie Luvu is such an important piece going right. forward for Me us. Too. Um, and I mean, you know, we've even been having the discussion on the free for all, uh, Frankie Luvu or Brian Burns, who is the more important re-signing for the Panthers. And you would be surprised how many people are on the side of uh, Frankie Luvu. In that uh, Palmetto money, Palmetto money, uh, C3 super fan. He says eight groups, wide receiver, linebacker, defensive tackle, cornerback, defensive end, tight end, offensive lineman, punt returner, safety is his order. Um, I just, when you start to hear of some of the needs on defense, you're going to be kind of floored. Right, like what the Carolina Panthers are having to do when you talk about those needs at linebacker, when you talk about the defensive front, then when you talk about, hey, what is going to go on with these cornerbacks? I mean, who is even going to be the quarterbacks? Now, is this a J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson or bust type season? This is how uh, this was Mike K's ranking. He said wide receiver, then he went offensive line, then he went edge rusher, then he went cornerback, tight end, defensive line, inside linebacker and running back were his top eight. All right. So let's talk about the wide receiver group, which he ranked number one. He wrote this, the Panthers need to surround second year quarterback Bryce Young with competent weapons. While Adam Thielen surpassed 100 receptions and 1000 receiving yards last season, he was the only consistently effective outlet for Young during a forgettable rookie year. Fellow 2023 draft pick Jonathan Mingo struggled to find consistency and the end zone during his initial campaign with new leadership in place. It'll be interesting to see how last year's second round pick is used. DJ shark, LaVisca Chenault headed towards free agency, Terrace Marshall's juniors future uncertain. While I understand that wide receiver group is interested is how is like, I can see why people think this is a need. I don't see how the wide receiver group can really get worse. I think we could go and find anybody off the street and it be easily replaced. Shark, Chenault, Terrace Marshall. Dude, like losing those guys doesn't even make Wor- me It blink. doesn't worry us, yeah. Yeah. No. Spodrat had uh, DJ Chark uh, <coughs> at $10 million. Oh, my valuation God. for uh, $10 million a year. Not, yeah. Like, I don't know how. That but, uh, so question their, their yeah. evaluation, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. So, listen, we wanted to go through some of these guys, some of these receivers that could potentially uh, be uh, available for the Carolina Panthers. And the one that you hear often the most uh, due to where Coach Canales and now our uh, offensive coordinator, Coach Idzik, Brad Idzik, uh, they both come from Tampa. So why not Mike Evans? Uh, another well, I'll tell starting- you why. All right. I mean, hey, uh, one is he's going to command. He's he does. He was already bitching about his money uh, in Tampa. He's got 10, 1000 yard seasons in a row that he's not necessarily. I I mean, look, if he gets to 12, I think Jerry Rice has 12. So like the, the record is in sight. So for him, I think if anything is that he's going to be looking to go to a team, I could see him. His his argument for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was this, is I don't think we're going to be all that great necessarily. So if you're going to make me sacrifice my Hall of Fame kind of 
run, which he's going to make anyway, then I need to get the money for it. So I think where I see I somebody, I thought this guy told me last night and it makes to me kind of as interesting, Mike Evans to Kansas city. That mm. seems like something realistic to me. Yeah, sure. They're going to load up to try to be the first team to ever win three Super Bowls in a row. So I can easily see that. Uh, by I the way, think shout Mike out. Evans would go play for them for a discounted rate. If you're going to go yeah, to a yeah, team, yeah. the Panthers are going to have to overpay any talent. His think of what changed. Jacksonville did last year yeah. when they paid Zay Jones, Christian, who was it? Christian Kirk. Uh, Christian Kirk. Yeah. You know, and all of these guys is that they were all pretty good players, but they had to pay more than they were worth. Yeah. And so Mike Evans would be an insane amount. I don't think it's realistic. And I don't, I don't think, think it's realistic. I don't think it's realistic for a couple more reasons. I think the different, like a lot of people would point to Gerald McCoy coming here. Um, and I don't think that's a similar comp uh, because they let go McCoy. Uh, and so he was a bit salty. If Evans leaves there, he's going to understand that they just couldn't afford to pay him. And he's not necessarily, I, I just don't see him coming inside of the uh, NFC South. I agree. And I agree. so, uh, that that just I I think we can just go ahead and remove that out of the equation. A lot of people love that idea. We are not going to have the money for him. He's going to be going after a contender. Uh, I just don't think that's going to be here with the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, hey, Mike Hollinger again with the five dollars said uh, wide receiver could have been better with coaching. There was no scheming open, no motion, no quarterback under center. Yeah. yeah. So again, that kind of raises the point that maybe there might not be so much upgrading needed from a talent perspective. Maybe you upgrade your coaching. Maybe you upgrade your play calling. Maybe and you might be able to you add as an upgrade. Yeah. And also we can't be hypocrites. We can't say that we want Bryce to turn it on and overcome all his rookie woes. And then just instantly said, Jonathan Mingo is trash and can never be a better football player than yeah. he was last year. Yeah, so again, you have to, Kind of consider all of these, uh, and then um, and I'll pull them up in, in a minute here too. Kev, uh, I was, is actually posting their market value, and I'll bring up both of those too as we're talking. This is about the them. name hottest for Panthers yes. So though. yeah, and Tony, I, I'm on record saying that this is the most doable name for us. Just like we said, Coach Canales was a name uh, that you could see the Panthers hiring. wasn't the biggest name, but yet has things that you like a lot about him. To me, Calvin Ridley is in that same tier of free agent signing as a wide receiver for the Panthers. Not necessarily the highest uh, regard. There is going to be more wanted free agent wide receivers out in the market. But I think Calvin Ridley would be cheap enough. He's getting a little bit older. I think he's around 30 years old already. Uh, but he is able to separate. Uh, he's a great route runner. That's something that has always been his sort of calling card. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Calvin Ridley would be a player that could be perfect for the Panthers this year. I uh, I have concerns with Calvin Ridley. Um, I know he had some good plays, but for the most part last year, he was a disappointment on the Jaguars. Um, with, yeah. I mean, if you – I mean, l let's look at it. I mean, his – He started his, out hot, and then it cooled off. Yeah, exactly. And it, that's that – it's like one or two games – but their whole um, offense cooled off. That yeah. entire oh, yeah. Jaguars offense. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, it, with that, Calvin Ridley made some mistakes. He had dropped some pretty important passes. 
Um, so, I mean, his, his, it, and even if you're looking at that grade, that grade had him at under 70, which I find to be a concern, uh, coming from a team that's probably got DJ Chark ranked right there with him at that rate. <coughs> yeah. Uh, and I, the, the thing that bothers me about Calvin Ridley and I will, I changed my mind on Calvin Ridley. I always thought that DJ Moore was the more explosive player. And that Calvin Ridley was kind of like the more polished player, right? Like it was almost to me like the Sertan versus Horn argument, right? The bet in Horn being DJ Moore and Sertan being Calvin Ridley. Um, and I'd always just wanted DJ. It, to me, it's just like, gosh, the irony of Calvin Ridley being a Panther. Yeah. When we drafted DJ Moore that year, that kind of irritates me i don't know why maybe it shouldn't but i mean hey if we got kelvin ridley i would say man thank we got a better player in the room yeah. uh what another name on this list was i just picked a couple this is off of the pff top 150 um this was i was actually surprised marquise brown hollywood brown's name was he was a higher ranked prospect than kelvin ridley um i don't know why that that to me he seems a smaller player He's injury prone. Yeah. I mean, I was just, to me, I was intrigued that they had him as a higher valued free agent. It I might be because he, of his age. Yeah. He's too uh, small. Yeah. A little bit younger. He's a burner. Uh, he had, he was always supposed to be that number one wide receiver and then never quite lived up to it. Remember he was supposed to be yeah. Lamar Jackson's number one. Yeah. That really didn't happen. Then he goes to be a kind of a supplementary weapon for the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. That didn't really Kyler work Murray out either. Hurt. You didn't really Murray, get them together much. This, um, by the way, this, this name, I'm going to be real, does absolutely nothing for me. Agreed. Really? I, I, I think that he's injury prone. I think he's a one-trick pony. I'm just not a fan of the move. It doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, no, okay. I agree. I think uh, that's a, a bad... And, and the surprise, I, I do agree. I'm surprised that he is a little bit higher than Galvin Ridley. I think the Calvin Ridley question marks are always going to be around. Uh, he got suspended, but before that, if you guys don't rem remember, he actually was stepping away because of mental health issues uh, as well. So even be before any of that uh, uh, gambling stuff came out, he was already stepping away from the game, which, you know, we've already had one person that we've had to question about whether or not he's actually in love with the game of football, and that was uh, uh, Henderson. And so here we are with the potential of another guy. You get a question on how in he is. But uh, again, I'm not mad if we get him. I just don't want to be in this position where we're just, we're drooling over the prospect of having these guys come to this team and just continue to be what DJ Chark was or what Mingo's been or what have you. Um, there's two other names that I brought up that some people throw out as reasonable. Um, this was uh some, and again, to be honest, uh, I'm a little surprised in the ranking of these. Darnell Mooney is higher on the list than the next name, which is the next name on the list is Gabe Davis, Gabriel Davis from Buffalo. So it seems like these kind of players are both similar to me. And I might be wrong. Uh, Dar uh, Darnell Mooney is they have a comp to him. He's like kind of like a Emmanuel Sanders like player. Gabe Davis, their comp is Devin Funches. Yeah. Is he that big? 
Yeah, he's a pretty tall. He's a, he's oh, a big body receiver. I, I thought he was a far better wide receiver than Devin Funches ever I was. He, I um, must be thinking of somebody different. Cody, I, thought he I, was I don't a know. Guy. I don't know. Gabe Six, Davis. Two, two, ten. Okay. Uh, yeah. Dude, I would take Gabe Davis on every day that ends with a Y over Devin dude, Funches. Gabe Davis is only uh, the only reason people know Gabe Davis's name is because his performance in that in that uh, uh, AFC Championship game against uh, the Chiefs, where he had four touchdowns. Outside he had of that, a good that season though, he had he's been okay. the most. He he was the most dependable post. Uh, postseason wide receiver on the Bills. I feel the past two years in a row, he sure. had seven hundred and forty-six yards and seven touchdowns. He was and again question mark. He was okay, and and I would argue go look at Devin Funchess's career and tell me that that doesn't look eerily similar to his career as a Carolina Panther, yeah. and and tell me that that Gabe Davis is a significant upgrade with having uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league and Josh Allen throwing to him. I tell you this, if it was twenty the beginning of 2016, we wouldn't be shitting on Devin Funches. You know, we've been talking about how a rookie came out and made a big, you know, had a, a, a season. Devin Funches just didn't pan out. Gabe Davis, though, might be, I think these two players, and I went down and I scrolled, these are the guys that I think the Panthers are eligible getting more so than yeah. the Calvin Ridley, the Hollywood, or I would say like trade him for everybody wants to uh, from Cincinnati. Uh, uh, Tyler Boyd. I like uh, Ty- oh, oh, so, T. So- Higgins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler Boyd is another. This is an name. interesting way, name to me. This would make yeah. me kind of excited, but I wonder: is this is is Tyler Boyd? He's a slot receiver, right? Yeah, but so so, but too. one of the things that I've I've heard that I'm hopeful with Mango is that the reason part like is that his natural position is more of a slot receiver, but Thielen was clearly better, and that's what Thielen's net position is. So, like, uh, we don't need to go and get a player that's just going to continue to push Mingo into a position of failure. You know, I, so that's my only concern with getting a guy whose natural position is in the slot. Go ahead, you guys' thoughts. I'm surprised Tyler Boyd isn't higher on the list. Uh, I mean, yeah, Tyler Boyd is uh, a name that a lot of people uh, have been kind of mentioning as a free agent possibility. But to mm-hmm. me, it's kind of like, how you feel about Gabe Davis is how I feel about Tyler Boyd. I mean, yeah. he was the third option on a good team. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily move the needle a ton. It just sucks that this is okay, who Panther yeah, fans. Guy? No, Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, ACC though. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it, it sucks that Panther fans feel like this is all we're capable of doing. Like. These are the only types of wide receivers that would one want to come here. How does that feel bad? That that's true. Afford. Yeah, but I mean, how is who, this? Who a is, what is a name that is we? I, I mean, we can't. Mike Evans unrealistic. Calvin Ridley is touching your ceiling against it. And then here, the other one is the last is I saw a name floating around. Do so we have the Brandy Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk ain't gonna want to come here. He'll get, but he'll come back to the 49ers. Yeah, or he'll go to the Chiefs. Um, so I just, uh, you know, I, I don't, I do, uh, Cody, I'm actually one of those people. I, I think those are the type of names that we would be eligible for. 
No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying that it's sad. That's a sad state of affairs. Because I don't think that I don't think that any of those wide receivers um like upgrade us a tremendous amount. Oh no, I no, think so. Not. I think we're I think they're automatically better than everybody on the team. Out of all those names that we mentioned, who's the biggest upgrade? Um, I mean, obviously Mike Evans would be the biggest upgrade, but yeah. that's out of the uh, the realistic options. Um I would say um again, I, I don't think Higgins Ridley is the realistic. Would- yeah, be big, I, but that's assuming that we're like he's he's right on the edge of being on the list of people that we can sign. I don't know that he would be able to. I I I I'm curious as to what his market would actually be, um, because it can't be a substantial number, right? I mean, maybe I don't know what did spot track have him at. I think Gabe Davis is interesting. Um, for uh. Oh gosh, um, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Ridley, look, shout out to our boy, uh, White Chocolate Espresso. Literally before the show, he put on Twitter a bunch of different um, options for us. Uh, so Gabe Davis would be thirteen point six million dollars a year, and uh, Calvin Ridley would be seventeen million. See? I'm not, I'm not paying him more than T Higgins. God no. <laughs> what in the world? Are you kidding me right now? They have him they have, to make more. Oh no, uh, no, no, they have no, they have T Higgins at uh, almost nineteen million. Okay, I was like, I thought that they had him at sixteen. Well, I guess I just didn't they, see the answer. There. Go, go get T Higgins and have a number one wide receiver for Bryce for the future. Like, why not? I mean, if he's willing to, well, come, then how are you going to do that, all but... the other stuff we got to do, Cody? That's, I guess, the kind of thing is that. And for me, you have to draft. But Tony, you just said that you're going to take more than one year to do this anyway. So why not knock down some of the bigger offensive needs right now? A okay. wide receiver. And maybe if, uh, if we do that trade for Brian, oh, have, Burns, yeah, you know, late first round pick grab either an old lineman or another wide receiver or another D tackle, you know, well, that might be. And, and I think the value of that position, your, of your position there is, is like, instead of us just, you know, like, in, like if you're at Christmas, instead of getting a bunch of $20 gifts, just buy me the PS five. I also don't, I don't want to get <laughs> and no gifts. I don't need my stock and stuff. Just give me the PS five. No yeah. other gifts instead of a bunch of nice, not, you know, I'm not giving up on Mingo either, by the way. I'm not either. I agree. You can't can't do that after one year and and all that turmoil we had. Um, He's such a punching bag for Panther Nation right now. We literally have no choice. I mean, if you want to give up on him or not, he's going to be a Panther for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, I think there's still optimism around him being able to, you know, do something more substantial. I, I'm hoping that the offense Dave uh, Dave Canales brings is going to be a lot more friendly to these wide receivers, not having predictable routes and what have you. Um, as you know, one of the callers or maybe somebody in the chat was talking about having more motion and under center, um, where I think that Bryce Young actually had most success last year was under center as well. Um, so that'll be an interesting, uh, an interesting development there. Uh, I just the I am afraid of of paying for a, a number two wide receiver in T Higgins, who it would probably be a number one on most people's team. Um, I just don't think that it's something that I could 
I could see logically working out. I would, I'm still of the mind. We've got to draft the majority of these high dollar uh, positions instead of trying to, you know, pay these guys who, by the way, would have also been considered unlikely to be high paid wide receivers coming out of the draft, you know? Yeah. Uh, to me though, is that while I, I can understand getting Bryce weapons is going to be important. I like the idea of getting one shiny toy rather than a bunch of just meh toys. Yeah, that's to what me, I'm saying. Uh, to me, though, Cody, is that this next group, which Mike K ranks as the number two need to improve this offseason, and that is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. He said the entire line is named as a major need because significant change is coming to the group. New offensive line coach Joe Gilbert needs to figure out strategies at multiple positions as the offensive line struggled mightily last year Uh, with Taylor Moten, he later writes performing admirably at right tackle. Equano could in theory be moved to guard after a forgettable season. That would make for a shakeup of a couple of jobs on the line as the Panthers don't have a surefire backup plan at left tackle on their roster. Left guard Brady Christensen, who missed all of one game last year could be an option even if that might underwhelm onlookers. He goes on to say, looks like the Panthers are going to retain Bradley Bozeman, barring some new competition. Uh, Right guard Austin Corbett had a strong first season in Carolina, but is now coming off of back-to-back knee surgeries. He had another knee surgery? Yeah, he he, he injured it. I I don't know if it's the same knee or not, but yeah. But I think it it might have been an MCL this time as opposed to the ACL. I could be wrong. Uh, the Panthers. Yeah, it was have, on. You're right, and it was on the same leg too. Uh, the Panthers won't have a ton of options at left tackle and free agency, as good or great tackles rarely hit the market. But they could look to upgrade the guard spots in the mid tier of class. To me, Cody, I don't think the Carolina Panthers can afford to just hope that they find a guard in the draft that can start in this league right away. I think we got to add some bodies, some proven bodies to the stable. Even if Aquano were to work out at left tackle, even if Brady Christensen comes back and plays continue, like continue to play better from each year that he did, there are too many questions in the revolving door of guard problems at center with Bozeman. I mean, and the lack of continuity of that line. And Moten is just getting going to get older. This this Panther team, the mistake they made last year was believing that the starting line would be the starting line all season. And then remember how we, they drafted how many people told us we should be high on that guard from NC state and all of this, the Panthers cannot afford to just go out there, trot the guys out there and bring in a second or third or third only to add to their offensive line. They're going to have to go and get some veteran presence and they might not be the best in the league, but we need some bodies and some guys that can play because if it doesn't matter if you got freaking T Higgins, if Bryce Young gets murdered back there, it yeah, is all for a wrap. It's so, all for nothing. Tony, I'm so selfish. I, I so badly wish there would be some vindication for me who has been shouting at the top of my lungs to move a Kimmel to left guard and to give Brady Christensen a chance at left tackle. I know that it probably isn't going to happen, but damn it, I wish Even it if would. it did happen, we still need another guard or two. Yeah. We I mean, got to be able to help. account for injury. Uh, for and sure. here are some names. Tyron Smith, tackle. 
Uh, Tyron Smith, when he's healthy, he's an impenetrable brick wall as a blindside protector. No matter the matchup, Smith playing through nearly the entirety of his eight-year extension signed in 2014. Uh, He agreed on a one-year revised deal in 2023. Smith outplayed that deal once again. But he might be focused uh, continuing to keep his career with the Cowboys or chasing and chasing a Lombardi a la Andrew Whitworth. So, like, that is one of those guys that maybe is unaffordable, won't leave, or won't come to the Carolina Panthers. Well, right. So, so I mean, that's why he's number 14. Take spot rack for what it's worth. They have him uh, as a $7.4 million average annual Mm. salary. And to me, if that's true, I'd fucking do that in a heartbeat. I would pay him $14 million before I would pay Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he I would, would do I would for our that. team this year in a one-year, two-year deal. I would double that number for him. Dude, I, I mean, hey, but why do it if you don't have to? Dude, if you can get if you can get Tyron Smith, well, you will have to because it's Carolina. And they're gonna have to overpay. So go ahead yeah, and add. 40%. I'm hoping that it won't be too much more than that, though. Man. That's, that just sounds cheap to me. Dude, but we, dude, he's like, th- how old is the dude? He's like 33 he's 33. years old. Yeah, but Whitworth and then Whitworth, Russell Okun went and had four more years of great play with him. Dude, that's 12 years at left tackle. Dude, that's, I'm I'm not trying to pay him a ton. If, if, if it's around that ballpark right there, I'd love that for us. I would do that in a flash. All right. Well, uh, what's who's next up on the list is... I mean, and that's the that's the bell of the ball when it comes to left tackle. I really hunted down guards. Uh, Robert Hunt from the Dolphins. Um, the, the Dolphins have a lot of players that they're gonna on their on their offensive and defensive fronts that they got to re-sign. So some of these guys are gonna have to end up walking. He was a name. Uh, he says that uh, he could be interested in hitting the market because. You know, he's got a good sample size of good play. He's six foot six, 335 pounds. Got his start in the NFL at tackle. He's played both uh, and held up admirably. But he found a home in the past three seasons at right guard. Was a great fit in the team's zone rushing attack under Mike McDaniel. So there's a name to keep an eye out for uh, the Panthers. Another was uh, Dalton Reisner. From the Minnesota Vikings, he's at 65. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old he is. Reisner uh, tried to get paid in 2023, but he didn't get as much money as he had hoped. He supplanted Ezra Cleveland at left guard and has been a plus pass protector for the fifth season row. Uh, not the, but I mean, he's ranked 65 in the overall, right? But I think we're gonna, man, we're gonna have to get a vet at some point for something on this offensive line. You can't just walk in and say you're going to end this through the draft. So that was one name. Uh, another name is the guy he supplanted, who guard Ezra Cleveland, who went to Jacksonville, <laughs> uh, who is just down the list. Um, and it seems like Cleveland is one of those guys that's kind of a, a savvy offensive player, offensive lineman, but not necessarily a dominant one, Right is that he can, you know, always good position, never a bad player on the team. Maybe a guy that you uh, could see, right, maybe reasonable. Another name, Damian Lewis from the Seattle Seahawks. I wonder if there is some sort of connection 
Maybe Dave Canales was in, uh, interested there. I has trouble with faster interior linemen, but we need guards. We need some big boys up front. Uh, so those were some names that <clears throat> uh, stuck out on the list to me. Number three on Mike K's list, unless you guys got anything to say about the guard. How do you No, a uh, boy, a uh, boy, Kev is uh, kindly supplying some uh, market values for all the boys that uh, you're mentioning. Okay, so, cool. Uh, so, yeah, Damian Lewis, uh, guard, uh, $7.4 listed as, as his average annual salary. Uh, we already did Tyron Smith. Uh, dude, I didn't know there'd be that much. Ezra Cleveland. Uh, is being listed at between hey, these uh, guys are 25. That's the thing. That's yeah, fine. they're younger, they're a little bit more. Uh, they're, they're trying to get their first deal, their yeah. first yeah, deal true, true. So he would be almost 14 million. Um, Robert Hunt estimated at almost 12 million dollars. And, um, yeah, Robert yeah, Hunt, right. yeah, thanks, Jeff. That's a, that's a big support. Let's look at the army coming through, dude. Dude, strong. Um, and the next, the last position group we'll talk talk about tonight that Mike K wrote about um, was edge rusher. And when I read this first sentence, I thought, "How is this not the number one group?" <laughs> uh, it says the Panthers' top three edge rushers are set to become free agents in March. And while Brian Burns is likely to receive the franchise tag, the group's outlook is still somewhat bleak. The Panthers could try to sign Yutur, uh, Gross Matos, and Marquise Haynes to short-term deals for the sake of continuity after both battled injuries last season. With defensive coordinator Ejira Evero expect to return, Gross Matos, Matos' versatility usage can continue if the front office elects. This is kind of like with the off the wide receiver group, man. Is like, I think any, like, I'm not going to be excited. Like, I think YGM... Uh, I would be okay with him coming back. I'm not interested in Marquise Haynes anymore. I'm sorry. Everybody's no. told me. And, and I feel bad. I mean, but just battled. Well, but also, how long have we made that happen? I mean, he was drafted, like, what, two years before Ron Rivera? Was, yeah, I mean, it's been a long uh, time. Tired? Yeah, it's been a long time. And I know he's time. worked hard and then this and that, and he's played and showed some stints, and we all want him to be Mario Addison. But, like, I ain't trying to just bring back this three and run it back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, and YGM. I mean, that's, we've already done that. <laughs> it's yeah. time to kind of do something different. Now, uh, Tony, talk about this a little bit because I even have something of an update. update yeah. Because this right? is, because uh, it's bad sourcing right here. Uh, Ian well, Rapper. And I have an way. update after this, too. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. wow. Uh, Rap Sheet reported this uh, earlier. He reported this two days ago. He said sources Eagles All Pro uh, edge rusher Hassan Reddick has received permission to see, to seek a trade following another disruptive season featuring double digit sacks. The 29 year old with uh, 27 sacks in two seasons in Philly could land elsewhere. And then Mike K with the tweet of the week for me. He said Dan Morgan has the opportunity to do the funniest thing. And that would be trade for Hassan. <laughs> yeah, that would be the best thing ever, dude. But I um, heard this is I saw Reddit came out and said that he didn't ask for a trade and he wants to stay. So, yes. 
So is that uh, your update or is there another? Yeah, update? no. So my update is that he would then went and put on his Twitter. He said, never ask for a trade. However, I do understand it's a business preparing for whatever is next. Or Hassan Reddick. Nobody ever. All he does is get put up all numbers. Out. All it is and is nobody ever best, wants him. Dude, he's literally one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Look, we could make this right. We could make this right. <laughs> we could make this right. He has been the best pass rusher on the Panthers the past five years, and it's not even close. And he hasn't even played for us for two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dude, we, I... I never wanted to let go of Hassan Reddick. I'm a firm believer that that year that Brian Burns made the Pro Bowl, it should have been Hassan Reddick that made the Pro Bowl. I believe this is uh, comparable to a Von Miller type. Like, the dude is that good as a pass rusher. And if you were able to sell me on the potential of Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick in the 3-4 and Derek Brown and you add another D lineman, bro, that I would jump all over that, man. I was love I mean, that would be. I mean, we were cooking. Both of those guys were cooking. Bring them home. Do the it. The problem right? is, is that he's he's the most dominant player on their defensive line. So if you think you're getting him for less than a first, you are out of your mind. For a some reason, they, I, I think he just wants more money, dude. And I dude, don't think they want to give it to him. Dude has 27 sacks in two years. Yeah, it's insane. He has been the only person on that defensive line that has been consistent year over year so far in two years there. Um, the dude is absolutely worthy of a first-round pick. He's, he's, he, the argument you would have is Brian Burns is worthy of a first-round pick. Why the hell wouldn't Reddick be? Uh, the real C3AP says give Reddick what Burns wants. <laughs> dude, that would be trade. some shit, let's wouldn't go, it? That dude, let's go trade for uh, Alex Highsmith. Plays for the mm. Pittsburgh Steelers. They just right. signed him. He's a uh, UNC Charlotte guy. Yeah. Oh wow, was he UNC Charlotte? Yeah, dude, grew oh. up a Panthers fan too. Um, all right, so here's some names in free agency. Uh, one that I was completely down on before the Super Bowl, but had a good game. Chase Young had a good game go. in the Super Bowl. Um. Says finally healthy after in 2023 after spending a better part of two seasons recovering from a torn ACL. Uh, Young exploded earlier the year and finished among top edge defenders in pass rush win rate on the season. Strong run defender as a rookie. Uh, Young does lose contain. I didn't. I, I didn't like this name at all. Um, two weeks ago, but now you do. I don't like it. I don't like it, but I would just say is maybe I'm drew too much of a opinion on him based on the one game. I saw him look like crap and play lazy. I think this is, I heard somebody say that chase young is going to have to do kind of what Jadavian Clowney did at one point and go out and be a one year mercenary. Yeah. Get, I mean, know, he's at that time. He's going to have an identical career to, uh, clowny in my opinion um and that's uh the irony of that the next on the list that i brought up yeah. was jadevian clowny and <laughs> hey, you already know that kevin's on board yeah evan's been wanting to bring uh to bring jadevian clowny here for uh what two years now 
So, dude, I'm I'm down for it. Uh, I, even like a fighter for hire situation, where you go and grab a Jadavion Clowney, uh, a Leonard Floyd. Dude, uh, Clowney had a better pressure percentage this year than Burns, I believe, or pressure or one of those stats. It was he had better numbers than Brian Burns. The next name on the list is the one that intrigues me the most. The most? Yeah. Zadarius Smith. Smith. I'm not mad yeah. at that. Um, he was traded from the Minnesota Vikings, Cleveland Browns this past off season, revised his contract, converting it into a one year pack for 11.6 million. He vastly outplayed it again. Smith has size and explosiveness to rush from a gaps, uh, out to a two point stance as a stand up outside linebacker. And he's earned a pass rush, pass rush grades above 80 in all of his past four seasons. Um, his kind of player comp, they said, was Robert Ayers. But to me, this is, and I want to see how old he is. There he is. So Kev uh, has uh, bestowed us with some more market values. Just tell me when you're ready for those. Yeah, go ahead, because he is... Uh, he was born and oh, uh, he's 31. Wow. He's 31. I didn't realize that. You know, I just did. He, he had what? Five and a half sacks this year. Force fumbled. Wow. Uh, let's see if he's affordable. All right. So a few of the names that you mentioned, Chase Young is looking at a $13 million per year contract, which again, kind of steep for me. But I understand the upside. Uh, Leonard this just Floyd. Who, this is who Kev wants, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd, uh, $8.1 million average annual salary. They're marketing as a two-year, two-year, $16 million. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, uh, one year, $7.2 million, 30 years old, uh, former number one overall pick, Carolina Connection. He can play the 3-4. And a four three. Uh, we here we have Brian Burns here. Sorry to put that. Uh, the twenty one point seven million. And you see, when you put this in context, that's kind of what makes your stomach turn, man. Like we're talking about paying him that much more than these other guys. That's just I don't know, man. Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Jonathan Grenard uh, at thirteen point four million dollars with a four year. Uh, contract Zadarius Smith 12.4 million dollars surprisingly uh, low yeah for a two year especially if you were signing him for a two year like 25 million dollar contract he's older know? though I'm surprised yeah. he's going to command that 31. you know if the other guy's age I can't believe Clowney's only 30 I know it feels like he's <laughs> yeah. been in the league for 15 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has. He was 15 when he came in and he just looked <laughs> like a giant man. Um, all right. I think uh, one was another was Danico Autry from the Texans. Um, five technique defensive ends, splitting double teams, barreling through blocks, sheer power, sometimes utilizing a chump chop across the tackles face is what they wrote uh the wily veteran does a good job of using blockers momentum he's going to be 34 so that's older um you know i'm try- i was just trying to find some guys too that are reasonable 
that this team might actually be able to add. Um, so next week we'll, we can do, uh, we'll do uh linebacker tight end, some different things. We'll talk about that. Um, I think that's uh oh, I did have two news uh, items. Um, Is that this, a presentation? Uh, did you re- did you upload the new one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we never mentioned the gold helmets, but it's okay. We won't go back. Um, maybe the Bucks looking at Michael Penix because I think Arians is still involved in the front office, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's interesting. Um, I mean, really important, you know, big season this past year. He could be a he could be a player in the NFL. I think everybody's gonna I, say he's I older. like I like Michael Penix. Uh I think he's a damn good quarterback. I mean what what would they do? Trade up? I don't I don't know if he's necessarily uh, it's so hard to know because Penix is one of these dudes where they're gonna tell you how old he is. Uh they're gonna tell you how many colleges he's played at. He he's had, a, uh, I think, injuries. He had injuries, multiple injuries. Yeah, he's had a lot of injuries. And, dude, once you actually uh, look into it, he has one of the weirder throwing motions. Yeah, it's like, odd. Uh, yeah, so when you when you mirror it and you look at it as if you were a right-handed quarterback, you really see how wild that throwing motion is. <laughs> right. It's like, it just looks weird to begin because he's a lefty. And then, yeah. and then it turns out it's actually odd. This was a crazy next. Look at this. I don't know yeah. how I ran across. How have we not heard? Have you heard this? What? Um, this is who's that guy uh, that the Eagles drafted that fell that uh, killed the. Oh, the, oh, um, uh, oh, from gosh. Georgia. Was he from? Was he from yeah, Georgia? Georgia? Yeah, he was in Georgia. Uh, it was that um, the the coach and the teammate that died in that car accident and. He fled the scene. Cody, he's like the best defensive tackle in the league as a rookie. Yeah, I know. His, uh, what was his name? Eagles. Come on. We shouldn't, uh, but there was two of them. Remember they had the the year before. So Jordan Davis was the guy that they had. Jordan Davis. Isn't this Jordan Davis that they're talking about? Jordan, but but that was a, that's another one. Hang on. No, this is the, this is the rookie. Oh no, it's not Jordan Davis. Yeah, it is uh who is it? Rookie Carter. Carter. Yeah. Carter. Jalen Carter? Does that yeah. sound right? I think Jalen no. Yeah, Jalen yeah, Jalen yeah, Carter. Jaylen, yeah. And uh so yeah, tell me what's going on here. Uh this Jonathan Feliciano, who is offensive lineman, I guess. He said, dude told me he was gonna murder me and my kids. Would never see uh, and my kid. Oh, was gonna murder me, and my kids would never see me again three times because I was laughing at him after getting a flag. I said, uh, "I believe you got a body. <laughs> you already got a body." He told him, "Oh, that's kind of." And then he said, "He then continued for weeks posting my fam and reaching out to my friends." So, mm. he's angry. sounding like a bit of a problem child, man. Angry. Uh yeah, I just thought that'd be that was interesting good. if that uh continues. Uh certainly doesn't have a great track record at this point. Yeah, uh except for good on the football field, right? Um Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, uh you ask them to be it's kind of like remember when Mike Tyson it's like it's not surprising you can't cut this yeah. mess off uh at times. Um All right, uh 
that is the show. I think all we got is ice up picks to get out of here. Right. That is correct. Mundo, the longest running uh, Panther segment and the longest running Panther podcast. Tony Dunn, it is time to ice some fools up. This is our homage to Steve Smith, where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, get it together. Uh, Everyone is fair game uh, from 15 year old kids in Oklahoma to even ourselves and each other on the panel. Cody, uh, you got what do you got? You ready? Uh, I have I have four. Okay, but the off fail is short, but okay. uh, Uh, Start then. All right. Uh, the first of my ice up peg uh, pegment. My first of my ice up picks, um, goes to this dude named Jamie Robertson, who is my sister in law's ex boyfriend, who uh is turned out to be a crazy person, who then came over uh who's like had a bunch of they saw they saw them out my wife and her sister out this weekend. Followed, bought, got kicked out of a bar, followed them all around. What? Came to my house in the middle of the night, vandalized her car. No. Oh, yeah. And then fucking popped three of my tires on my truck. Dude, are you for real? Yeah. Oh, how did you not shoot that motherfucker? Well, I didn't know he was that, that was happening at the moment. Right. Oh and uh, the other thing is, is while, uh, I can't make. I got too much at stake in my life to um, yeah, going all the way for some pussy. For, yeah, yeah, for yeah, a small man. So ice up to that, oh, and that's, uh, wild, that's the first one. And then my other ice up pick is more in line with uh, regular ice up picks on the show. Not a crazy kill one. This one just made me laugh. Uh. Guy found a tattoo on his newly adopted dog and decided to get the same tattoo only to discover afterwards that it means been neutered. (laughs) (laughs) That one made me laugh. I also like this. This made me laugh. The king of pup. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, just for fun, because you can see my bookmarks, I sent this to my boy. Um. It said this is Kristen at Kristen Kimmick 86. She said, boy, it's like a conversation. It said, uh, boy, I wish girls like sports. Girl, I like sports. Boy. Oh, yeah. Name the blood type of the Seahawks coach from the 1990s. <laughs> uh, why this is funny. I sent it to my buddy. Uh, one night we were at uh, we were hanging out. We were at this bar and I was wearing. Uh, yeah, I like to wear hats. I like I wear the flat bill hats. I had Pittsburgh I'm, and I just match it. I usually wear baseball hats because I can't wear any football hats of other teams. Right. So I may, you know, match my shirt, my shoes or whatever. Yeah. So I usually use baseball as my sport. Baseball and basketball are the sports that I use where I just base my hat selections mainly off of color coordination. Right. And so I have a Pittsburgh Pirates hat that I like. It's simple. It's clean, black, yellow pea. This girl comes up, good looking girl, too. She's like, oh man, I'm a big Pittsburgh, I'm a Pirates fan, Pirates fan. And she was, she was talking with us and it was just me and my friend Bobby just standing there hanging out. And he goes, oh really? He said, who plays third base for them? And I was like, Bobby, you got had a fucking end, bro. 
like you could have hit on this girl. Yeah. And you were like so focused on, oh, really? Are you a <laughs> Uh, I, was no, I was like oh so that made me laugh all right those are my ice up picks bobby you get one uh all right so my ice up picks is bro you know those clips where like the charges at the strip clubs they'll put their feet around the dude's neck and they'll just slam their ass up against their oh, yeah, face yeah. <laughs> all right, well, hey man sometimes uh that can get a little bit too crazy uh peep homeboy's left arm Oh, it's wearing off. Oh, do it again. I can't watch it again. Oh, yeah. So, uh, there's that, man. Yeah, I saw, uh, Ice up and uh, you know when you're don't get uh booty cheeks slammed too hard on your face that you end up fucking around and uh dislocating your, your elbow. Yeah, your entire arm. All right, uh, this one. Uh, keep your eyes on this dude right here at the bottom right. Uh, dude, don't throw swords in the air. <laughs> oh, it stabbed him right in the calf. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh! What is the, the this thing what called is... yard darts in the like the sixties <laughs> and the seventies? And it was just like, hey, throw these giant spears up to see how this goes. Yeah, that was uh not fun. Um, all right. Um, should I should I go? You want to go funny next, or you want to go traumatic? You pick. You're curating. All right, all right, all right. We'll go traumatic, and we'll end on that. <laughs> On a high note, um, well, I got one too. So, okay, okay. Uh, so I, I may have played this before too. I don't know, but dude, this is so gnarly, and it should be a lesson. Enough with the motorcycle stunts on the freeway, dude. Oh, oh. With a girl in the back, you know, I yeah. saw one of these the other day that was very similar. It it's not even was- over; they're on fire. Oh, he has, to go and pull, he has to pull him out of the flames. He's knocked out. He's unconscious and he's burning. Oh, uh, he's unconscious, the- dude. Oh uh, yeah, dude, just. Sl- oh, 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 she took a head to that. Oh. Uh, her head slammed into that sign too, and then onto the pavement. They might all be dead, dude. Oh yeah, uh, I saw one the other day where it was a, uh, was like a Mustang, like a, a perform a race, like a sports car, and a motorcycle, and they went to race, kind of like they were on the highway, and it was like you know, and they were big dick at each other. Yeah, and they go, and the car takes off, and that motorcycle goes. And he just went, he hit it so hard, he flipped over and just fucking destroyed his whole oh, man. It was man. just like, oh God, you oh, yes. uh I got one more. Um and then uh CK can close this out. Uh ice up to this dude. You know it's bad when Burger King is uh flaming you viciously. DM'd Burger King. And said, I need to make a complaint. They said, Hi, Terrence, what is the complaint? So I sent them a picture of one of their burgers and said, Ain't no one eating this. Look at it. 
To which they replied with, look at you. <laughs> it's a very high forehead. So I said, nah, that's photoshopped. And then they sent it again, playing tic-tac-toe on my forehead and said, your turn. It's edited. How do you even reply to this? I DM'd Burger King and said, like Brad Tillis yeah, DM'd Burger King. They haven't known that shit. <laughs> no, dude. So uh, that actually yeah. looks exactly what a, a Burger King burger looks like all the time. Oh, yeah. They should have just been like, what's the problem? That's the <laughs> fucking Whopper, dude. Then the the fact that they just roasted him back that's uh, hilarious. Um, but yeah, ice up to everyone involved. Yeah. Um. So I have one, and I may be late to the game. Many of you people might have seen this, but um, I'm gonna share it anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just. Let oh, it. I love these where this is the courtroom ones. Oh, this one's gonna be funny. <laughs> videos to my homeboys her friends you don't believe me no you don't believe me no i don't believe them either i have a video i brought it to you right now. oh okay well i, I see right what video i want to see why we're right about to see <gasps> yeah yeah now it's yeah definitely <laughs> what <laughs> Is that real? Videos to my homeboy. You don't believe me? No. You don't believe me? No. I don't believe him either. I have a video. Wait, I brought it. So to clarify, he is saying that he's frustrated because he's she's been sending videos to his homeboys, and I'm guessing they were in a relationship or something, and so she wasn't expecting him to have the videos. And then how it's like. uh it's like Napoleon Dynamite meets a big giant fat woman. <laughs> I don't, just look at the planking one, dude. <laughs> like the planking part of this. Hold on. All right. So you're right. Oh, okay. Well, I, I see. Right. Web video. I want to see. Why? We're about to see. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Now it's. Yeah. Definitely. Kimari! <laughs> Videos. Oh man. Anyway, I just want to <laughs> say ice up to her. Listen, that, let that be a, a a lesson to everybody. Don't send out videos or pictures that you aren't prepared to have publicly provided. Oh, to, she was to publicly world. prepared for that. She was just surprised that it, that. <laughs> Man, that almost feels staged. <laughs> it might be, but I still, that move I was... where she went and did her legs up and jumped that jump. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ice up. Ice up. All right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. These are my co hosts, Cody Lack, CK. We'll be here on Friday for the free-for-all and as news uh, develops around the Carolina Panthers and football, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this Friday at 7 p.m., Friday free-for-all for you to join the show for Panther fans, by Panther fans, be a part of the discussion. Uh, we've had more and more people that never come on the free-for-all that have been coming on. 
Uh, Josh, who's always in the chat, he's made this free for all the parents, man. We've got more and more people uh, choosing to be a part of C3 family, man. So come hang out, man. C3 is for everybody. All Panthers' opinions are welcome here. And uh, yeah, how that's your boy. Take us out of here. C3 Nation, until next time, keep pounding.